FM. See you on the lift. Back attack, dude. <laughs> hey, yo, homies. <laughs> Slide down the big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice burgundy snowboard. All right, here we go. We got a beautiful episode of The Bomb Hole today, which is presented by Pub Beer and also Run Through a Wall Smelling Salts. We got a couple co-hosts in the booth today. Uh, we got Danny Spadero, head of shipping here at The Bomb Hole, sends out all the packages. Danny, what's going on? What's happening, family? Feeling uh, honored and good to be here. We're hyped during the booth. We also got uh, Mikey LeBlanc in the booth. It's Mickey. It's Mickey. Mickey. Oh, it's pronounced Mickey. Yeah. Okay, Mickle. Um, okay, and then uh, we got Joey B. How you doing? In the booth. <laughs> How are you doing, Joey B? I'm doing well, Chris. Thanks for asking. Wow, this is going to be a fun banter journey. For those of you who don't know who Joey B is, he's, uh, he's a gift. We'll say that. Uh, Joey B, how you doing? A.K.A. Joey Bauer is a diehard snowboarder. He's a natural-born personality. Many call him the Joe Pesci of snowboarding. Actually, I'm not sure if anybody's ever called you that until this intro. Uh, representing New York, the you know New York Rangers fan as well. And also Italian-Americans all across the Northeast. Their diehard East Coast crew, Ice Coast Kills Shit, embodies the greatest parts of snowboarding with a lighthearted approach, funny skits, and banger clips. Snowboarding needs Joey B. His charisma is unmatched. Let's get into it. But the first question, of course, is, Joey B., how you doing? I'm doing well. Happy to be here, Chris. Thank you. All right. Well, let's talk about why you're here. Um, you know, earlier, this is round two. We didn't actually get to do the podcast on the initial date. Why don't you explain why, Joey? Uh, well, Mother Nature had other plans. Uh, we were up at Bombhole, Bombhole Cup. Great time. Best, uh, most prestigious event in snowboarding. I don't know if anyone knows that, but it is. And, uh, you know, just next day came around, you know, ended on a Sunday. Next day came around and just decided to dump. And it just kept snowing, snowing. And, uh, you know, the road was closed and I could not make it down. So you're stranded in what we call powder prison. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hell of a place. Yeah, I love being behind bars up there. It's good. How was how was Powder Prison for you? It was good. Yeah, yeah. We got one day. We got that Monday. Um, you got on the hill a little bit earlier than I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> somehow managed to back your truck out uh, when I was blocking your truck and uh, gave yourself about a millimeter's worth of space between my bumper and your and the tail end of your truck there. And uh, we peeled out. We got a good day. That was good. And, uh, that, yeah, and then it just kept snowing. And uh, we, I guess we were supposed to record that Thursday. That was a Monday. So just to put into perspective, that's how many days it just kept snowing. So it just snowed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then it was like a rare thing that they said the road was closed. I don't know. It was a pretty unique situation that day because it wasn't snowing. Uh, so that was a bluebird day, and we were just trapped up there at Brighton. Yeah. And here we are a month later. Interesting. They even opened up the Brighton store that day. Oh, really? I, dude, it was a trip. It was like, we walk out and we see this, you know, now we're like walking around. It's me, Johnny O'Connor, and my homie, Sean Callahan, and we're walking around. And, uh, you know, we do like this loop uh, where my buddy Coop lives. And uh, we see this guy holding like an 18-pack of beer. I'm like, where is this guy coming from? He's got provisions. Where is he getting provisions from? And uh, he's like, oh, the Brighton store is open. So I'm like, oh, man, like this is like survival. There's no way to get any food where you can't get down the mountain road. Uh, everything at Brighton's closed because they don't have any staff. The mountain wasn't open that day, by the way. And uh, we see these guys. They open up the Brighton store. We walk in. They have no lights on. They got a fridges. Fridges stocked with beer, but the fridges aren't on. They're just warm beers. And uh, yeah, we just bought a shit ton of granola, candy, some beers, and 
hunkered down to say, you know, <laughs> it's good. You got yourself some rations. Yeah, rations. Yeah, yeah, survival stuff. Mm-hmm. Real good stuff. And uh, that morning, I thought it was pretty interesting, too, because, you know, you, you know, you wake up, you cook everybody breakfast, which is incredible, by the way. And then we all just proceeded to freak the fuck out and rush the hill. Have you, had ex- have you experienced yeah. powder pa- panic before? No, but uh, you coined the name Panic and Skywalker, I think, because of how <laughs> panicky you were. I mean, you know, Chris came down, he had this look in his eye. I was like, oh, boy, this is what everyone talks about, this look. Like, you know, he's just like, Powder Prison, boys, we're locked, we're stuck, that's it, that's it. The cars that are driving by, they all live up here. We're going out, Powder Prison, come on, Powder Prison. I'm like, all right, dude, I'm just going to run upstairs and uh, get put some socks on. Come back downstairs. Where's Chris? Oh, he left. Oh, oh all right, where'd he go? How'd he, how could he get out? He's, I was blocking him in. And uh, yeah, that that powder panic was uh, was something to to witness. But mm-hmm. I get it, you know. It's like it was incredible. But being from the East Coast and riding Hunter Mountain all the time, it's like you know, any good day, any day in, in Utah is going to be better than any day in, in New York. So so I'm chill, you know. It's just like all right, yeah, some powder today, all right, you know. Like Chris, you know, we get up there. I was like, you know, we <laughs> right off the bat, like not even a warm up run, <laughs> like. Right to like this crazy area off of Millie. And uh, I'm like, we're standing at the top of this cliff. He's like, oh, I was like, I kind of just want to get a lay of the land. It's like, dude, you're not getting a lay of the land today. <laughs> I heard you, Joe, I heard you say you wanted to get a lay of the land. Yeah, that's not going to happen. We're going out to Mueller's Rock. You're going to jump off that. The after you get down from that, we're going to go over here. You're going to jump off this cliff. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have a great day. I was like, all right, <laughs> let's go. It made sense. I feel like Joe is a certified airman. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the air is certified, but the knees and back and spine <laughs> are not certified yet. You know, you need to work on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. How was how was uh, launching those clips? I seen you at the top, and you just you you gave her you gave her hell. Yeah, you know, like I I, I like I want to just go ham. You know, but I also like that little voice in the back of my head is like, ah, oh, you know, just. Take it easy, because you remember the last time you just kind of sent it, and, um, you know, I was in Austria, and I sent it, and got really excited with six inches of snow, because Europe had a terrible season this year, and uh, so we were out there, and got six inches of snow, and got really excited, popped off a rock, landed on another rock, scorpioned, <laughs> wrecked my shoulder, wrecked my knee, and uh, I was like, all right, I got, I got, I got I don't. I want to get a lay of the land. No, it's not going to happen. Mm. You, you got to trust. You know, you're not. You're not a foreigner here. You're with locals. Yeah, you got to trust the locals. Yeah, certified I did, psychos. I did send you off <laughs> something that was like not flat and not that much snow, but you're yeah. all right. You're yeah, all right. I just kept on seeing like these little marks in the snow. Like I don't know, like if it was dirt or if it was a rock poking out, and uh, you know, my consciousness gets the better of me. You got to be Gordon Lightfoot out there when you see the rocks. Yeah, yeah, definitely got to do that. All right, Joey B, we're gonna hit something early today. Uh, and this is called Run Through a Wall Trivia. And basically, what do we want to give them? Six seconds to answer each one of these questions? I think we said five. Yeah, let's give them five seconds. You want to be on the timer? Sure. Okay. And let me grab you some salts here. We're gonna probably, grab should, you. probably should whack one before yeah. we start, right? Yeah, well, you're start right, right when I ask the first question. Let's all whack one now. Has anyone ever bit these to open them? I, would, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend doing that. I wouldn't recommend doing that. You know, just take a little bite out of it. So basically what's going to happen is I'm going to ask you some trivia questions. And uh, you have five seconds to answer. If you get it wrong, you got to do a smelling salt. And if you get it right, you don't have to. You, you did great. You know what I mean? Let's, you get a pat on the back. You don't really get anything if you get it <laughs> well, right. Well, if I get it right, then you should do one. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you flipped it on his head. All right. I'm with that. All right. I, 
I mean, am I the only one who's going to get uh, penalized here for getting things uh, wrong? I mean, you're the guest. <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. all three of us, maybe. All three of us. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. Cheers, boys. Let's get Cheers. it going. Yep. Oh, my God. All right, I'm good. Wow. Uh, you know what we even got here? Clean guys? up on aisle three. Clean up on aisle three. We got a theme song for this. I got an intro, so everybody hang tight. We got, we're going to hit the intro for this. Here we go. Run Through a Wall Trivia, presented by Run Through a Wall Smelling Salt. <laughs> All right, Run Through a Wall Trivia. This is the first time running through. Uh, you know who came up with this idea? Callahan, by the way. Okay. He was like, you ever seen hot ones? You should do hot ones, but with smelling salts. I'm like, holy shit, you're a genius. So I can't take credit for that. We got to give Callahan the Callahan. Kid's a genius. Okay, first question. We're gonna, uh, you know, the idea is that it's kind of rapid fire. So, you know, if you if you grab a freshie, is there a theme to this or anything? Or uh, it's it's uh, Italian cuisine and New York Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! All right, here we go. First question: <laughs> The earliest indication of spaghetti's supposed origin is found in a reports from Marco Polo's Chinese expeditions, b an African explorer's journal. C, a sonnet by Italian Renaissance poet Patriarch. D, a letter from Sicilian war general detailing his company's dwindling rations. Wow, I'm going to have to go with... Uh, I'm going to have to go with D. That's wrong. You got to hit smelling salt. All right, get in there. Rapid fire. Okay, question number two. Wow. What type of food is spaghetti? Pasta. That is correct. Question number three. What is cannoli... Filled with. It's a nice cream. It's a uh, five, four, it's time. A, three, time, two, icing, one. Pay, uh, <laughs> wrong. Rica <laughs> ricotta. 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 That's what it says. <laughs> I, I've never made a cannoli, but I make stuffed shells with ricotta. So. And we like to call it ricotta. <laughs> okay. Ricotta. Holy fuck. Okay, next question. That's you got to pop a freshie and go hard. You can't do a soft I don't one. know if... Honestly, we have to do a fact check on that. Okay, <laughs> okay, we'll fact check. <laughs> when Wayne Gretzky signed with the Rangers in 1997, he reunited with what former Edmonton Oilers teammate co-captain? I want to say Gretzky. No, no, no. no. Gretzky. When Gretzky <laughs> signed with the Rangers, wait, wait. When Wayne Gretzky signed with the Rangers, he reunited with what former Edmonton Oilers teammate and co-captain? Four, oh, you got this. He, three. He, come on, dude. Is it Messier? Yes, it is. Uh, we got to do one now. I forgot to do one. Okay. God damn, I hate... Oh, my ah. God. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Rangers won Stanley Cup in 1994 <laughs> over the Vancouver Canucks. Who was awarded the Conn Smythe Trophy? Brian Leach. That's correct. He's, He's also the uh, first American to ever win that trophy. Oh, my God. Okay. Side note. Hey, slow it down, Joey. Yeah, okay. I'm dying. Mark Guys, Messier. Six seconds. You got ten? <laughs> Mark Messier was the captain and spiritual leader of the 93-94 New York Rangers. Which uniform number did he wear? Five. Four. I know the answer, but I'm giving three, Danny a break. Two. <laughs> Eleven. One. That's correct. I wanted to hit the wrong button so bad. All right, we'll do another one. Ooh. Oh! Oh, that one's still going. Okay. Dude, Danny's getting it. Danny's, <laughs> Danny's crying. 
crying over that. We don't have to send Danny to rehab. <laughs> smelling salt. What are you in here for? Smelling salts. Okay. <laughs> Blew uh, out my nose with smelling salts. <laughs> which of the following Rangers had the most penalty minutes? A. Ron Greshner. B. Adam Graves. C. Jeff Bukaboom. D. Barry Beck. Most penalty minutes. Ooh, five, four. I want to say Bukaboom. Three, two. Not Bukaboom. Ron Greshner. Ron Greshner, huh? Yep. yep. All right. All right, who was the first Ranger to get over 1,000 points? Brian Leach, Rod Gilmore, Gene Rattel, Andy Bathgate. One more time. Read that. Brian Leach. Brian Leach, Rod Gilbert, Gene Rattel, Andy Bathgate. I'm going to say Ron Gilbert. You said 1,000 points? 1,000 points. Or 100 points. 1,000. Damn. Was it Leach? It was Leach. Yeah, you got to do another smelling salt. Over here at this point, <laughs> <laughs> things are tanking quickly for me. <sighs> okay, for the viewers at home, this isn't easy. This isn't easy at all. <laughs> all right, the last question this was a provisional question in case you got them all right to ensure that you get something wrong. Uh, Mikey LeBlanc's first sponsor, who you got, Drake. <laughs> Yang clothing. You would have never done that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yang clothing. Shout out to Yang, <laughs> dude. in business for two years. Come on, bud. <sighs> Yang clothing. Shout out to Yang. Man, do I have a score on that? I think I could have <laughs> no, done better, dude. No, I, I could have done better. I mean, yeah. we got to fact check the ricotta situation. It yeah, because like. I mean, I put chocolate chips in my in my cannolis. Yeah, you know? I, I feel like ricotta is a weird thing to, to stuff. I think it, uh, maybe it's with. like ricotta and cream. There's more than just ricotta. Okay, I, I mean, I know. I mean, you got Messier, you got Leach, you got Eleven. You know, uh, you're. I think you were. Uh, you were maybe one, two. Did about as good as the Rangers did this year in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You made it there, but you lost. Sorry, bud. You're out. <laughs> well, it was great. You, you had to hit a couple salts, so it kind of worked out for the that you didn't get it right for the entertainment. Yeah, party. yeah, for my nose. For your nose. Yep. All right. Uh, so let's let's get into it. Where uh where are you from, Joey B? Where let's talk about the the rise of Joey B. How you doing? Well, from Long Island. Long Island, New York. And uh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, you know, it's a beautiful place, you know. 120 miles long, 25 miles wide, surrounded by water. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a beautiful place to be. New York Rangers, although I'm an island, you know, like from the island. So people are always like, why are you a New York Rangers fan? You're, you're from Long Island. But mainly Rangers fan because to build animosity in my household, you know, there's uh, some Islanders fans in my family, so... I had to switch things up a little bit. I just, I just love the Rangers. I'm just a New York guy all around, you know? And uh, the Rangers is just are electric and impressive team to watch, you know? So you're kind of a late bloomer from what I hear when it gets into the snowboard game. Like, you didn't get into it till a bit of a later age. Well, I mean, I've been snowboarding 28 years, um, so not necessarily that way. Um, but definitely with Ice Coast Kill Shit, the, uh, I was a late bloomer in that crew because... <laughs> Um, I was spending a lot of time in Europe at that time, and uh, when uh, you know I was snowboarding out there, and those guys were filming, and um, it was kind of like a collaboration of the two colleges. Uh, between I went to college in Plattsburgh, and like Callahan, you said, 
um, he went to college in New Paltz, and there was a couple homies from Long Island that he was there with, and there was some homies that I was up in Plattsburgh with, and those two crews kind of just came together. And uh, when that was all happening, um, I had already graduated college and um, met a girl that was from Europe, and I ended up going over there and spending some time in Czech Republic, and I was teaching English in Prague and riding the Alps a lot. And uh, it wasn't until the, that relationship fell apart that I was like, you know what? Let me um let me see what's going on over here. And crazy story that uh, my my homie Buddy Pendergast got to give it to him. He uh he told me he said uh, you know we're sitting around end of a season end of a summer and we had a little surf session and I was talking about what I should do next you know where I, where I where I should go and he was like you know there's a room open up at the cabin why don't you come up to the cabin for a season and uh, I had always been filming um I mean myself and really filming myself a lot because I didn't have a film or anything like that. And uh, I had always just wanted to make a snowboard movie. And uh, knowing that Cal- that's what Callahan did and, he- and seeing the work that he's done in the past, I was like, you know what? Like, let me go up to the cabin and, uh, you know, put my best foot forward and start filming with these guys. And that's when we made Knucklehead, the movie. Great movie. Yeah, great. A lot of Knucklehead activities going on up there. Mm-hmm. Um, cabin is a special place. It's, uh, and so is the crew. crew is awesome. And the cabin is... The cabin is our house. We've been we've been renting this cabin up at Hunter for the last thirteen years, um, and I probably got in. I got in there in two thousand fifteen, two thousand fourteen. So, yeah, eight years ago. Amazing. I think it would be fun to talk about the um, <clears throat> the mantra of these videos too, because you guys got skits. You guys are being dumbasses. You guys are having fun, and you're doing good tricks. But it's got this kind of blend of like lightheartedness. And funny shit. Like, it embodies all of the best parts of not taking snowboarding too seriously, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the motto's always been mediocre snowboarding above average lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, if you could just stick to that, you just stick to that motto, you'll, you'll be in good shape, you know? And, uh, you know, anything for a laugh is also one of our terms. It's just like, if you're not laughing, you're not living. And, uh, you know, at certain points, sometimes snowboarding get really serious. And... Um, <clears throat> You know, it's always nice to take that seriousness out of it, but also put in some, put in some good clips and some, some interesting stuff. And uh, it's always funny, man. Like going out there and going out and filming in the streets. Like I'd always say, like we get to a spot and it'd be like the rail would be like rusty or broken, or there'd be like a sketchy run in. I'm like, can't we ever just get to a spot that's like a perfect, I don't know, 25 stair down rail? <laughs> like why does it have to be this rusty, rickety spot that like the the rail is like swinging and. But it actually, when you look back on it, like makes the clip. You know, it might not might not be the craziest trick, but it's on the sketchiest rails, <laughs> so it's like it makes it funny. Um, it's good. Yeah, that's good shit. Let's hit a guest question from Callahan. Here we go. Joey B, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? It's Callahan, your longtime friend and collaborator. I got a question for you. Can you explain to the people what in our crew is the hump and do you got to clear the hump? Well, I mean, you don't got to clear the hump, but it's suggested that you do. So the story behind that is that, you know, we're at Hunter Mountain. And for anybody that doesn't know Hunter Mountain, it's definitely one of the most unique mountains, not like geographically, but with people. <laughs> the people that you see at Hunter Mountain are like something you've never seen before i mean you always see like a guy in like a, chi- a chicken suit or like this guy's wearing a police officer uniform or batman's coming down the hill behind you 
it's just a rare place and you know it's in the tri-state area so you always get like you know new york jersey and you know really new york and jersey but we're out we're out we're in the park one day and we're sitting by the jump and we hear these guys and we're like bro you're gonna clear the hump you gotta clear the hump <laughs> and the other guy's like nah you don't gotta clear the hump bro and he's like Nah, you gotta clear the hump. I'm telling you, he's like, nah, you don't gotta clear the hump. And these guys are arguing over if you gotta clear the hump. And right? the hump is the knuckle. <laughs> you know, like you gotta clear the knuckle. <laughs> like, you know, so we're just sitting there at the, the yurt is like this little, you know, it's a yurt in the middle of the park, halfway down, and we're sitting at the yurt and we're just watching these guys just knuckle and knuckle. It's like, dude, you got listen, clear the hump, bro. <laughs> If there's any advice I can give anyone out there, it's always clear the hump. Don't listen to what these guys on the on the landing, the deck of the jump are telling you. Clear the hump. <coughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's it's unique. I mean, while we're talking, Hunter, we should probably talk the the uh, encounter you had with uh, maybe uh, the hockey player. Maybe you could tee that story up. Dude, that's a that's a crazy one. I I thought I was getting punked. I thought I was legitimately the like Aston Kutcher situation. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I thought I was legitimately getting punked. So. So back in the day, I used to do like promo videos and, uh, you know, I was working for the Hunter, Mark Hunter Mountain Marketing <clears throat> Department and we're filming a skit and I got this, this one clip, this one shot in the, in the ender where like I'm at the bottom of the lift and I do like a, a little, a little closeout thing and then a mic drop and we did it at the bottom of the lift and we're like, you know what, let's, let's go up to the top. It's 358. It's like literally last year. And there's this couple that's in front of us. And I'm like, hey, hey, go ahead, go ahead. So they get on the lift in front of us. So we do, do a little, you know, closeout thing. And I do the mic drop. I'm like, oh, you know, let's go up. Let's go up, B-lift. And we'll, we'll shoot it on the B-flats as well. And um, we can, like, I have, like, this Parmesan shaker in my hand. And I'm mic'd up. And I was like, let's do it on the B-flats. And I'll do, like, a thing where I'm prepping the snow for the next day. So I got to lay down some good fresh Sick. parm. <laughs> so now we're on the B-flats. I'm sitting there, uh, not sitting, I'm standing, and I'm mic'd up, and I'm talking to the camera, blah, 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 and this guy rides over to me, and he's like, uh, hey, man, you know, it's like kind of a foreigner, foreign voice, and he's like, hey, man, nice jersey, and I'm like, oh, thanks, man, and, you know, big, friend of the, big fan of the Rangers, uh, you know, whatever. I think it's just like somebody who's either a fan or somebody that's just like kind of, you know, talking, like, if, excited that I'm wearing a Rangers jersey. So he doesn't really doesn't really leave after that. He kind of just like stands there and he's like starts trying to talk to me. But it's, again, it's like broken English, kind of like you know foreign accent. So I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, we're, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, we're shooting a skit for the mountain, blah blah blah. And he pulls his goggles up and his mask down, and he goes, "Do you know who I am?" And I look at him I'm like, "You're Matt Zuccarello, are you? Like, <laughs> what are you doing here, dude? You should be at home resting." <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I started freaking out. I started getting all crazy. I was like, well, "What is it? What the?" What the hell's going on? I'm like, dude, you should be at home. And I was like, yo, that, I was like, that comeback against Columbus almost ripped my freaking TV off the wall because <laughs> right, it was it was the All Star break, so they have two weeks off, and he was there in in the middle of the season, and you know, and uh, I was like, dude, that right before the All Star break, we had a crazy comeback against the Colum against Columbus, and it was like just a buzzer beater finish, and uh, yeah, almost ripped my TV off the wall. So now now I'm mic'd up, this guy's recording, my friend Matt's recording, and. Uh, Start to, like I start talking to Matt Zuccarello. So after I get all the jitters out, I'm like, "Holy shit, dude!" I'm like, "What are you doing? You should be home resting." He's like, "Oh, uh, you know, my girlfriend, um, her brother's a snowboarder, so we're here snowboarding." And he was with Stale Sandbach's sister at the time, and uh, points over to her. We wave or whatever, and then he goes, "He goes, uh, what is with the cheese?" 
And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I do this thing. Uh, you know, I, I tuned a snowboarding video with the Parmesan and olive oil. And I'm like mic'd up explaining to Matt Zuccarello <laughs> why I'm standing on a trail with a Parmesan shaker in my hand. And uh, yeah, just kind of like, you know, shook hands and just like, you know, he did a little Q&A. He asked me what I was doing with the Parmesan. Kind of told him why I was snowboarding with Parmesan in my hand. And then he just, uh, you know, just cruised along and, and left, you know, and. I was just like, who who was behind that one? That was that was wild. Um, but yeah, Matt Zuccarello, mid season, he got traded though. I hope that wasn't my fault. Yeah, I, you're like, and, and immediately after that, I actually reported that to the Rangers head organization to make sure that he uh, he's got to be rested. Yeah, well here here I am, not not thinking about it. I'm like, tag Matt Zuccarello, tag New York Rangers, throw it all up on the gram, and like too excited. He's like, oh man, they're thinking about trading Matt Zuccarello. I'm like, why, why would they do that? The guy, the guy snowboards. The guy's a snowboarder. He plays great hockey. You know, like. Uh, it's, well, uh, dude, they used to like Tom Brady was skateboarding in his neighborhood one time, like during the season, and people were literally calling the police. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, dude, what if what if he crashes? Like, yeah. What what the fuck's happening? Yeah, I mean that's where I, that's where immediately where my head went. I was like, dude, we got hockey games to win. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, I love snowboarding, but dude, no, you know, take, take it easy. But yeah, that was uh, that was a very interesting situation. Uh, oh, that's killer. Well, yeah. I think that's it would be a good time to talk about because you have this persona, right? For the people that are that are listening to this podcast, not watching it, uh, Joey B is sitting in a Rangers jersey. It's an away jersey, yeah, because he's away. Mm -hmm. He's not in New York. This is in Salt Lake City. Uh, but you know, your your persona has kind of grown over the years. Like when you first started at Hunter, it was you were, had a bit of a different character. Maybe you could elaborate on that. Yeah, like, well, the Rangers thing came, the Rangers thing started, I mean, you know, snowboarding forever, but the Rangers thing started because we were in the Stanley Cup with the, playing the LA Kings, and that was the first year that I was living at the cabin, and I got my jersey on in the living room for good luck to watch these guys win the Stanley Cup, um, and uh, so I'm just going ballistic, like, you know, screaming, because that, that series was crazy, like, we went to overtime almost every game, we went, you know, we went seven games in every series, like, with Washington before that, it was just, like, an exhausting, exhausting series, and, uh, yeah, so at this point, we're playing the Kings, and I'm wearing the jersey, and I'm going nuts, and Callahan comes up, and he's like, dude, this is, this is gold, like, this is, like, this is something right here, and it just kind of, like, morphed naturally into that, and, uh, yeah, that was during Knucklehead. And so if you watch Knucklehead, you'll see, like, there's some Joey B stuff, but it's not, like, you know, a lot of Joey B. And then um, as time progressed, you know, I wanted to stand up for New York, you know, and represent. So I just rocked the jersey. And, uh, yeah, just – and then the how you doing thing, you know, came along with it. But The birth but, of Joey B. That's it, yeah. yeah. And the how you doing thing. So I was working at a – so it was like New York, obviously Rangers, and how you doing was like at that time I was like helping my buddy out at his pizzeria, and like pizzeria is amazing. Like they make the best pizza, the best sauce. Use all imported Italian products, like phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. And uh, people were just coming in to like talk to this guy, like you know they weren't even coming into the pizzeria <laughs> to like to buy anything. And like you know every two seconds, hey Jimmy, how you doing? Hey Tony, how you doing? Gio, hey you get the sauce? Oh you got these. Every just how you doing was left and right, and then it just kind of like rubbed off onto me where I started being like, "Hey, how you doing? How you doing?" And then like, <laughs> and then now like I take that and I go back up to the cabin with it, and I'm like, "Dude, like, what about this guy who's just like like 
just larger than life, just so cool. Like he walks into the room and he's just like, he's saying how you doing to somebody, but before he's even like shaking the hand, he's already moving on to the next person. <laughs> and like, hey, how you doing? How's your, how you doing? How's your wife? How's your kids? How you doing? He just keeps moving. And uh, that's kind of like just how like the how you doing thing came. And then, you know, it just evolved. You know, let's just say it evolved a lot from there. <laughs> One of the best how you doing clips ever is from super park where you're like you like go up the court but yeah. and before you fly up the flight you're like how you doing how you doing, how you doing, how you doing? <laughs> little blunt stall how you doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then you like, like pancake out of the ground yeah oh that one yeah that's yep that was the one that was the straw that broke the how you doing's back that one uh i ended up dude that one was crazy because i did that i did that we shot it with the long lens and callahan was like dude why don't you go up and do it again and i'll shoot it with the fish eye so i'm like okay Let's go back up and do it again. Go up, do it again. Blow out my ACL. How you doing? <laughs> ICL, bye-bye. <laughs> Day two of Super Park, laid up in an RV, crutches. Oh, man. But, yeah, that was that was interesting. Made the clip, though. Made the video. Got the clip. So good. Wow, got, I didn't got know the that. Clip. That's a great story behind the clip. Yeah, yeah, story behind the clip. Blowing out ACL. Yeah, how you doing gone wrong is what they call that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, that is good stuff. Well, let's talk about that Super Park trip because, you know, I, I personally think you got put on the map in a different manner. But uh, Callahan was saying you seem to think that the Super Park trip was pivotal in your guys' rise to success. Well, I just think it put a lot more eyes on us, you okay. know. Um, that was a big deal. It was that year there was no snow out west, and uh, Bridges had moved Super Park to Seven Springs. And um, so, you know, as as we do, we go all in <laughs> and rent an rv pack it with the homies drive out to seven springs turn it you know it's a week-long event and uh yeah just kind of like put a lot of eyes on us and then like we bought like the band equipment and like drum set and guitar amps and uh we just would park the rv in the middle of the parking lot set up the music equipment and just jam and then it just people just naturally flock to the rv to hang out and uh yeah that's when i met marcus and uh uh, Skrupski, Brian Skrupski, and uh, Marcus Rand from Yagoon Homies. And um, yeah, just, I mean, for me, like, just from a social media standpoint, I think that Super Park definitely put some eyes on us that weren't on us before. Um, but that's it. it. It ended there. We didn't make it in the magazines or anything like that. And, uh, <laughs> there was no write up or mention of us. But we, uh, so we did that. And then the next day, we drove the van to like the bottom. There was like a chair at Seven Springs that you could, the road kind of went to, and there was no snow there really either. But they made it happen. And we drove the RV right to the bottom of the lift and like set up the Ice Coast Killship banner and set up the band equipment. And at this point, I already have my leg in a brace because I blew my knee already. And I'm just like laid into this beach chair with the <laughs> microphone in my head, just screaming into the microphone, How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And these guys are just jamming music. And everyone's just lapping the chair. Like, I mean, it was, it was pretty rad. Like that. That whole moment in time, uh, <clears throat> yeah, definitely unique experience and uh, grateful for it for sure. So, all right, we're gonna take a quick break and talk to you guys about one of our sponsors, Bub's Naturals. Okay, how are you guys doing today? I'm super hungover. I need something to pick me up to give I me that boost. I feel really sore, but I'm also really hot. So I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You guys are in luck because we got Bub's Naturals Hydrate or Die Electrolyte Drink Mix. Stop it. It's here to help you hydrate fast and recover quickly with no added sugars. Did you guys know that, guys? I what? Did. I did. Yeah. Oh. There's 2,000 milligrams of powerful electrolytes from nature, not from a lab. It's currently available in three flavors, lemon, orange, and USDA organic coconut. 
Mm. And it has five times the electrolytes versus your normal sports drinks. The problem is I'm, I'm gluten intolerant, Chris. So, Well, let me tell you something. This I is could... gluten-free. Wow. Yeah. Are you um, not into GMOs? Well, you're in luck as well because there's no GMOs. Oh, That's wow. good. Okay. I don't like the GMOs. No, I hate yeah. GMOs. Perfect. So uh, if you're interested in getting some hydration mix, you pour it in your drink, you stay hydrated. It's amazing. Head on over to bubsnaturals.com. And for a limited time only, anyone that uses promo code BOMBHOLE at checkout at bubsnaturals.com will be prompted to receive a free exclusive collaborative mug at checkout while supplies last. Uh, side note, the customer will need to add any product to their cart and then enter BOMBHOLE promo code in the field. Once they go through checkout, they'll be prompted for the mug for free. Again, support Bubs Naturals. They support the show. And uh, let's keep it going. All right, I think it's a good time to get into our Patreon questions. Huge shout-out to our Patreon members that support the show. Uh, we appreciate you guys. And uh, if you sign up for our Patreon at bombhole.com, you can uh, ask a question, a lot like many of our supporters. Like Mike Icorn here asks, Joey B., being from New York, I got to ask, what do you call it? A hero, a wedge, or a sub? And is it sauce or gravy? Ah, it's a hero, always. Yep, Italian hero. Um... Well, what's up, Mike? Thanks for asking the question. We got a hero, and then I uh, called sauce. Okay. You know, I know some Italians might frown upon that, but I was just always raised on calling it sauce. Mm, okay. You know? well, let's run through a few real quick ones. Uh, this one's from Cam Hogan. Uh, Joey B. always asking how he doing, but how is he doing? Thanks for asking, Cam. Appreciate that. Um, doing great. Yeah. Can't complain. We got another Patreon question. Uh, this one's from Sean Colucci. For Joey B., the people of New York need to know your preference. Hunter versus Wyndham, and the Whiteface versus Gore. Which ones you choose and why? Wow. Colucci? What's his last name? Colucci. It's got a vowel at the end. It looks yeah, Italian. That's sounds Italian. like a good Italian good. Italian name, yeah. <laughs> well, that's tricky. I'm going to, I mean, listen. They're comparable, but I'm going Hunter. Hunter Mountain all the way. <laughs> I'm not happy with the way things have happened with the change of hands. Um, and the resort's uh, lack of terrain park and lack of love for terrain park and snowboarding in general. Not stoked on that, but uh, always stoked on Hunter. And also, if it does snow, like let's say you do get a foot of snow, Hunter is a, just a better mountain to be. Um, it's just steeper. It's got more options to it. Uh, Wyndham tends to be a little flat. Um, although Wyndham has an amazing terrain park right now, those guys care about what they're doing there. And um, they got Johnny O on their back and, uh, you know... Wyndham's a beautiful place, too. But, uh, yeah, I'm going Hunter. And, uh, dude, Whiteface Mountain all the way. That's Parmesan Peak. Mm. You know that. I mean, that's, that's the king of New York right there. Whiteface is, Whiteface is the best. I don't know if anyone knows that. but I've never even heard of it. Tell me about uh, it's, uh, it's with an, it. Oh, it's the 1980 Olympics were there. Yeah. Um, they have a run called Skyward, which is where, which is where the Super G was back then. And... Um, <clears throat> they have like an area that's called the slides that's backcountry basically. So it's it's just got so much to offer. Uh, it's in the middle of the Adirondacks. There's no condos or hotels around. So, you, you know, you have to really live there to be there. It's a very local mountain. Uh, it's run by New York State. Um, and they get they get a tremendous amount of snow. Like it's just uh, it's in a good spot. Um, lake effect? Yeah, lake effect. They get some of that and they just get like a good like 
they have like a good system. I don't know what it is that does because it's also like where the strong. It's like one of the strongest wind gusts is recorded. I know Mount Washington has recorded the strongest wind gusts, but like they have an observatory tower up there too, and um, it you know it gets like it gets gnarly. Like it gets really windy. Um, but yeah, like those slides are amazing. I mean, it's just steep. It's probably I don't know my degrees very well, but. It's like this, okay? <laughs> you know? <laughs> if I had to think about it, it'd be like this, straight down. It's also, and, uh, also known as Parmesan Peak? Yeah, yeah. I've coined that, I've coined that term Parmesan Peak because it's just always snowing. It's, uh, it's just it's a good spot to be. And um, <laughs> the Parmesan is fresh. But, yeah, that's where the 1980 Olympics were. That's where the uh, 1980 Olympics, the hockey team, beat, the Ru- beat Russia and the movie Miracle. Yeah. The movie uh, Miracle is based. Yeah. Yep. I still get goosebumps every time I walk in that stadium. It's uh it's pretty insane to think that that happened in that arena because it's such a small, you know, you look at the Olympics now, it's huge. And it's just could never happen there again, I don't think, because of how big it was, how big it is. But, yeah, like we beat Russia in a time where it was like serious and the Cold War was happening and there was a lot of, you know, stuff behind the scenes going on. And if anyone's seen the movie Miracle, they can see how like Herb Brooks took a team of guys that are really just off the bench college kids and – uh turn them into an absolute beast of a hockey team and just perseverance and it's an inspiring story because it really goes to show like when you practice and you train and you really focus on a goal that you can achieve that goal and that's then that's what they did they won the gold it's impressive incredible <clears throat> we got another patreon this one's from tyler calabrese hey you know that's an italian lesson. definitely yeah <laughs> if joey has some italian roots i got two questions for you one where are your people from on the boot? Two, who is your favorite Italian slash Italian American shredder? Wow. Hard hitting question. Hard hitting. Never really got into the roots. And uh, you know, just for the people that that assume that I'm like hundred percent Italian, I'm not hundred percent Italian. I never <laughs> intended for the how you doing thing to become like this guy who's representing Italy. I'm, I'm half Italian, half Austrian. So my last name is Bauer. It's not an Italian last name. Um, but my grandfather's from Austria and my grandmother's from Italy. Um, the Sicily, the Sicily area of Italy. I don't know exactly the town. I probably should know that. Um, but I don't, but, um, yeah, the Sicily area, um, of Italy. And I'd have to say my favorite Italian shredder would be Elio Fumagalli. How you doing? <laughs> As you know, Elio, he rolls with young Dolly. Good dude. Gangster. Funky. Yeah. Yeah. He's you know, I love a chef too. Louis Vito's, uh, he was on team Italy. No doubt. Good man. He's Italian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got another Patreon question, Joey B. This one's from Madil. Looking for the best all-around Parmesan, one that works for waxing and that you put on your grandma's secret lasagna recipe. Okay. Mm. Um, Parmigiano Reggiano, preferably a two-year, always. Um, you want, like, you want, like, you definitely want Reggiano. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to go around to any other type of brand you want. Parmacast, we're the region of Italy that it comes from. And also, I like to go with a block of Reggiano. I don't really like to buy the pre-shredded stuff. I like to I like to shred my own cheese, you know? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, definitely, I highly recommend that. Go with the Reggiano, too. Yeah, you can't, you can't go wrong. You'll be boosting like a true airman, no problem. Is Parmesan cheese like, uh, like champagne, where if it's not from the Reggiano region, then it's kind of like talked down upon? Yeah, like, I mean, you can imitate it, you know? People try to imitate it. Um, but you'll never be that. No, like Reggiano, I mean, we were talking about earlier, like, it has, like, that grainy, crystallized, like, it's just, 
ah, it's uh, it's delicious. It's, it's so damn good. <laughs> Speaking of Reggiano, I actually brought something in here. I uh, got a five-year Parmigiano Reggiano from Murray's Cheese that will uh, bust out. Um, but yeah, all those par- all those uh, Patreon questions got my appetite going. I think it'd be time to bust out a little charcuterie. What do you think? Let's hit the Let's go. Okay. Hey, yo, we got the five-year Reggiano right here. We're in the booth. We're working up a nice appetite. So what we're going to do is we're going to bust out. We're going to break bread right here. But this right here, this is a treat. It's a five-year Reggiano from Murray's Trees. Murray's Cheese, New York City. I'm going to bust that open. How you doing? So what's going on with the five-year? Five-year, well, it's it's aged to perfection. Five years would be like a, you know, like a fine wine. So look at that. You see the bubbles? You see the air in there? Nice and crystally. The rind, you got the fresh rind. That, that means it's fresh off the wheel, right there. See the difference? The rind. I'm gonna bust that out. Give you guys a little sliver of taste. Woo! 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 There we go. Look at that, Mikey. You know that? I know you're a connoisseur of good cheeses. Yes. Thank you, Joey. Danny, my fellow Italian. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Got a nice crunch. It's a beautiful day. All right, that was that's that's the day I get this. I don't. <laughs> 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 Fresh farm. Wow. Beautiful spread. That's what you want, you know? We're talking about breaking bread. That's, uh, that's what it's all about. For the ones that are just listening right now, we got fresh Reggiano Parmigiano, five year from Murray's Cheese. We got the dry cured salon. We got the prosciutto. What were you doing five years ago? <laughs> Screaming at a TV, probably watching a Rangers game. <laughs> That's for sure. Now, I noticed you called the salami salam. Yeah, yeah, we just dropped the eye, you know? Yep. Because okay. the salami's not just for me, it's for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like olives. I'm not a fucking olive. I, 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 I can't do the olives. Can't do olives. I know, you I'm know, not proud of that. I mean, you know. Really good for you. Yeah, it's just. I usually don't like olives. I just popped one in there. With the full, uh, the full schmeal right there, it's fantastic. Really? Yeah. That was I mean, really good. Listen, that, those are traditional grocery store olives. If you want, like, a good olive, you know, get a good Italian olive, maybe stuffed with, like, provolone or, like, an almond and provolone or a red pepper. Um, but the prosciutto, the prosciutto and the Parmesan together is just, like, beautiful. I mean, mm. it just really pairs well. And, That's a deadly combination. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just... Uh, it cures all your problems, you know, just when you find yourself down and out, you know, you're just like, oh, man, I don't know. This thing's really pissing me off. You know what? Let me have a piece of prosciutto and parmesan and see what I think about that. Two seconds later, you're like, all right, I'm good to go. What are we doing next? All right, let's go. So a lot of people having a bad day, they might go get a bottle of liquor, like a 12-pack. You just go buy a wheel of cheese or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, a wheel, I can't really afford a wheel, but I mean, <laughs> I mean ideally, I'd like to. I'd like to put four wheels on my car and get rid of my rims. <laughs> Just get rid of the rims and tires and throw four wheels of Parmesan on there, but it'd be like 1,500 of rims, so I got to take it easy. Um, have a salami shifter, freaking Parmesan wheels, you know? Freaking charcuterie board, dashboard, you know, That's whatever we got to do. Yeah, yeah. Let me get one more piece. Well, let's talk, let's talk about the, the beauty of uh, hanging out with Joey B, for those who don't know. As we knew at Palm Hole Cup, he feeds everybody. You know, he, we stay, We got an Airbnb for Bomb Hole Cup for a few nights up at Brighton. And this dude, he's like, hey, don't worry about dinner. I'm taking care of it. How many people? Boom, boom, boom. He goes to the grocery store. We sit back. 
Uh, and it just seems like that's the Italian culture. What do we have? Chicken parm? It was so goddamn yeah, good. Yeah, chicken parm that first night was incredible. Brought everybody together. What's up with the love for food in the Italian food culture? Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, no, first night we did tacos. Oh, yeah. And the oh. reason why is because we were shooting from the hip. It was late. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, that was just quick and easy. And then the second night we did chicken parm, um, obviously, because that's like a tr- that's a tradition. Um, yeah, I wanted to give you guys like a cuisine of like my neighborhood and how I grew up. You know, I grew up in like a Latin Italian neighborhood and in, in, in the depths of Long Island near the train station, and uh, um, had my share of like you know um, just a good neighborhood, really, just with a lot of good people in it and um, diverse diversification, really. Which is awesome. And I grew up in an Italian household, raised, you know, my parents are divorced, but raised by my mother, and she's Italian. And, uh, you know, she always taught me to feed people. And, uh, you know, breaking bread is an important thing, with, uh, especially with community and the people you're around. Um, and it's just good to sit down and eat. You know, it's good to sit down around a table and shoot the shit. And I enjoy cooking. It's something that I enjoy doing. I'm no chef by any means, I'm, but I can handle myself in a kitchen. I've don't, wor- don't sell yourself short. I mean, you know, I've worked in a kitchen. I've worked in kitchens. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just enjoy cooking. And I like, you know, makes people happy. And, you know, it's all about make, it's all about being, you know, having a good time and breaking bread. Which brings me to that little vid- village in Italy where everyone lives, you know, 30 years. And it's like 30 years longer than everyone else in this world. And it's because they all have community meals. They all talk to each other. They got good neighbors. They're surrounded by good people. Um, they drink a pint of olive oil a day. Um, rinse down with a glass of red wine. I mean, those are the elixirs of life, the elixirs of youth, you know? And, and I think they hit 15 how you doing today as well. At least, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you were in that village, I mean, that's all you're really hearing. How you doing from the windows up top in the apartments <laughs> and, you know, the guy down the, down, you know, down below on the ground, you hear, how you doing coming out of the sewers? Um, yeah, it's just a lot of how you doings and, you know, again, how you doing? It's just like, uh, it's just a beautiful question. You know, it's like, everybody wants to know. Except when you're in the streets in Manhattan, you ask somebody, how you doing? Like, go fuck yourself. I'm like, all right. How you doing? I guess not that good. So they, so just to rewind what you just said, I think they mentioned this. Basically, there's Italian village where people live longer. And, and essentially, just to highlight what you said, community. And did you say a pint of olive oil a day? Yeah, pint? they point, they consume 0.02 liters of olive oil a day, and I'm not I'm not saying like that's how they chug it. They don't like drink a pint of olive oil, but they just like consume it throughout their day with whatever they're eating, and you know, um, yeah, they somehow manage to get a pint down. <laughs> and uh, look at them, you know, it's like they're uh, they're greased up and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, they shower with it, probably <laughs> dump it in their hair. Yeah, you get you use that what you use in the product or olive oil? I do a blend. Yeah, yeah, I do a little Parmesan <laughs> olive oil blend. With some traditional, you know, traditional hair gel and and, and uh, hairspray, but but I mean, you made a good point. Like an engine, like uh, you, an engine won't run if it doesn't have oil. It's the lubrication that keeps the pistons and everything firing in that engine. So we are just one. We are just pistons walking around. <laughs> well, I just say, I think it's like <laughs> just a bunch of pistons <laughs> walking around, dude. Oh, but you got things got to flow through. We, we, you know, as a as a human body. I mean, I'm not a fucking doctor, so I'm gonna give you some. <laughs> but I could be if I wanted to. I just want to let you guys know I could be. No, but uh, you got you got like all these like valves and all this stuff happening. You got to stay lubricated. You don't want you don't want a dry you don't want a dry system, right? You get some olive oil in there, it's like oil in your motor. That's it. Keeps things moving. You got all kinds of pistons going up and down. Right. That's you know? it. You got to keep lubricate. things moving. Yeah, it's <laughs> making me thirsty. Occasionally, yeah, <laughs> occasionally you throw in a little water, you know, a little yeah. quality H2O every once in yeah. a while. But yeah, the olive oil. I mean, I, I, I don't consume nearly as much as that place in, in Italy where they're consuming a pint a day, but uh, I'd like to. 
<laughs> I'd like to be in that position where I could just hang out on, you know, work on the farm and consume olive oil just and pick artichokes. Olive oil? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. The other thing I noticed, too, is in this day and age, we got DoorDash. We got Uber. We got all this shit, you know, your cell phones, where you can kind of isolate and just have somebody bring you a food and it shows up in a plastic container. <laughs> bring you a food. <laughs> bring me a food. No, so, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, there, there is something that, that kind of goes against community and that whole process of, like, cooking and bringing people together. There's something powerful about bringing people together with food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why, you know, we try to have meals together. Well, back, you know, my family, we try to have Sunday to dinner. You know, that was, like, something you couldn't get out of. And, uh, you know, when it's time to eat, it's time to eat. And you're going to break bread with your family. You're going to talk about your day. Um, and it just gives you a sense of connection. And, uh, I think that's important. You know, you gotta keep it real with the ones that you want to keep it real with. And, um, you know, and if breaking bread is what's going to bring everyone together, I mean, we're lucky we were snowboarding and we were breaking bread. So we had two of the two amazing things to, to bring everyone together. And, um, yeah, that was a great time. The kitchen was great, you know, top-notch facilities. We had, you know, yeah, the induction stove, you know, double <laughs> oven. I mean, we were cranking it out. Just <laughs> bashing up chicken cutlets, breading them, frying them, you know. The sink was ideal for knocking out dishes. Mm-hmm. Yep, restaurant, restaurant grade. grade yeah, <laughs> yeah it was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was pretty impressive stuff. stuff. So we just got after it, you know. Can I ask you a question about sandwiches? Go ahead, Dan. So being from Philadelphia and living in Salt Lake City, you can't find a good sandwich. What makes a good sandwich? It's a good question. Well, the bread yeah. to start, um, uh, yeah. you got to have good bread, but that goes back to like having good water and uh, good flour and yeast, um, you know, to make the good bread and then also the good products. You got to have, I mean, in New York, we have boar's head. I don't know what they're doing out here. Maybe they have boar's head. So boar's head definitely does it. I've know? not seen boar's head out here. Do you guys have like Italian shops, like it's not Italian specialty shops or anything like that? We do, that? yeah. We got yeah, Beltex. Yeah. Beltex so, has a decent sandwich. So, yeah, like, you know, you try, you try to find those kind of spots. But I think it's, like, the same thing with, like, when you go to California and try to get a slice of pizza. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, like, it goes deeper than just the pizza. It's, like, what they're making the dough with. And uh, a lot of people say that's the water. And, um, you know, the, the sauce is the same thing. It's, like, based off of water and stuff like that and yeast. And um, I was trying to make bread when I was living in Europe. And, like, the yeast they get there doesn't, doesn't cook the way the br- yeast that you get here so it's just like different you know you make different type types of bread depending on where you are and stuff like that and uh the water is obviously different i mean we're pretty lucky to have good water um but it just changes as you leave the east coast i mean you know everything originated on the east coast including yeah. mike leblanc so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this this room uh we got a lot of the bases covered we got philadelphia Number one. We got Maine, guy. Number, number one, yeah. We got Massachusetts, <laughs> actually number one. And then we got New York. That's right. Statue of Liberty. Yeah, exactly. Plymouth Rock. You have know, you Plymouth Rock. I got Statue of Liberty. I mean, you know, we got the Empire State Building. We got, we got Madison Rocky. Square Garden. I got lobsters. <laughs> you do. You do. That's, and, that's, and that's it. And what about L.L. Bean? Doesn't you have L.L. Bean? L.L. Bean. You got L.L. Bean. They kind of sold out. That's impressive stuff. So, yeah, it's, you know, the East Coast has that, you know, we're, we're, I always say, whenever time I go somewhere else, I'm like, oh, you can't put your expectations too high because we're spoiled. Like, we, we've been around good food. We know what a good slice of pizza tastes like. Mm-hmm. We know what a good sandwich is like. We know what good bread is. Like, uh, you know, 
Two hundred languages spoken in your city. Every kind of food. So right. Check it, it out. You just have it. You just you know. Like this morning, I ate a bacon, egg, and cheese, and it was in a, a calzone and empanada style. I was like, man, <laughs> I want a Kaiser roll. You know, like you know, the traditional yeah. Kaiser roll with the black seeds, yeah. like just yeah. oh, crust with a little le- with like a little yellow residue, like freight fresh off the pan from. You know, you can't beat a fresh, good piece of fresh bread. It's just, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's so awesome. Well, well, going back, we've talked about uh, a lot of a lot of your videos and things like that. But the the iconic video that went viral, that's gone the most viral, that was the first viral, is you waxing your snowboard with parmesan and a loaf of bread. Uh, and let's for people that haven't haven't seen it, let's maybe just throw it on the screen right now. So take your scraper and you go up and get yourself a block of Reggiano Parmigiano, preferably a two-year. It's great for rainbow boxes, great for Buddhas. Get your olive oil. You get your Romana Zambuca. Then you how you doing? And you forget about! All right, walk us through the inspiration behind this thing, Joey. This is monumental. Yeah, so the tuning video. Um, I was coaching for USASA, um, and I was working with the Grom, uh, Noah Avalon. Shout out. Kids, uh... Tremendous, tremendous snowboarder. He's in SMS right now and absolutely killing it. So I started working with him when he was eight years old, and uh, I started coaching border, uh, coaching border cross, and you know all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I did my first race with Noah, and I'm at the top of the course, and all these other kids have these coaches that are like going in. They have their rototiller brushes and like their drills and they're just going in on these kids' boards. And meanwhile, here I am with this kid from New York and he just shows up and blows these kids out of the water, you know? <laughs> no, no rototill, nothing crazy. <laughs> so now I'm sitting down, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, like this is crazy. Like this kid didn't need anything. He's just naturally good at snowboarding and he's his father does his board tech and, you know, mm-hmm. just does all that good stuff and like makes his boards proper every morning. And uh, <clears throat> so now I'm back at, back at Hunter sitting down with Callahan and uh, we're, we're talking about it at breakfast. I'm like, dude, how funny would it have been at the top of that course if I just busted out a loaf of Italian bread? Like, well, I'm surrounded by all these so like sick. professional coaches <laughs> and I just started buffing out the board, you know, at the top so of the race. Because this kid's from this, this kid's like from the city area too. He's like a city kid. And uh, just started laughing about that and then that kind of spiraled into, you know, well, what about if we did this? And then that's how it turned into a skit. And, uh, just wanted to shoot a little board tuning video. Just, you know, just a casual, you know, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we tune our boards in New York. We got the Parmigiano Reggiano. And, uh, of course, there's shock factor involved. You got to throw in the pyrotechnics, blow torches, gasoline. Um, but, yeah, we bust it out. We, you know, we buff it out. With the, we shred the Parmesan on there with the cheese grater. Then we buff it out with the bread. Then we melt it in with the blowtorch. And then we dump gasoline on the board and we smash it against the tree and we walk out of frame. <laughs> um, you know, and that's kind of the remedy for it. It's like just something so over the top and ridiculous that people are just like, what the hell is this kid doing? I mean, this guy's just spent 30 minutes tuning his board and then he lights it on fire and smashes it against the tree. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the whole point. The whole point is like for people to be like scratching their heads like, what the hell? This, this guy's freaking out of his mind. And uh, funny, funny side note about that story is that we tried to use um, – because, you know, I, the, I say in the video that it's Romana Zambuca. Um, and we tried to use just regular rubbing alcohol. But rubbing alcohol just isn't flammable enough, you know? So, like, we, we poured the rubbing alcohol in there and, like, lit a match and just, like, made this, like, small little flame. Like, it was not impressive at all. So we're like, all right. Didn't want to have to do this, but we got to boss out the gasoline. So we put the gasoline in the Zambuca <laughs> bottle and <clears throat> dump out the gasoline. 
And now we're talking about the, the, the margin for error is very slim. Like you really don't have a lot of takes to do this. So we shot that, we shot that ender twice. And uh, the first time you could see that I'm a little hesitant, you know, because I didn't know how the gasoline was going to light up. And like, I'm like, yeah, how you doing? I strike the match and you forget about it. You throw it down the board and the board just <laughs> like really went up in flames, you know? I was like, oh man. And you could see, like I, I do the first one. I'm kind of like, uh, uh-uh, and then I throw it. And I'm like, all right, now I know what to expect, you know? So we put, you know, put the board and put the fire out. Like, all right, take two. And we reshoot it. And this time I, I'm like committed to it. And boom, dump out the gasoline, strike the match. It just goes up in flames. <laughs> smash, the tree against the, smash the board against the tree. Walk out of frame. Man. How you doing? You forget about it. And you get out of it. Forget about it. You go hit the hill with your boys. That's it. <laughs> Did you guys remap the forget about about it as well? Is a slow, slow motion? Forget about. No, no. no, okay. no. Forget about. No, I don't know if we had that kind of capability okay, in the editing booth yeah. at that time. Yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, that was a good one. That yeah. that one, that one got a lot of traction. Over a million on Facebook or something? A million views on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. We could have probably done that a little differently, but like at the time, that was like the thing to do, and I think that's the reason why it got as viral as it did was because of Facebook. But this is really like before Reels were popular and YouTube wasn't really like a thing yet. Like it was a thing, but it wasn't like. You weren't really, you didn't really realize what kind of money you could make with YouTube, you know, at that point when we were doing that. So we just kind of threw it on Facebook because we knew that it would get tons of shares. Like it's so easy for you just to go click, share, send it to a homie, click, share, send it to a homie. So yeah, it just went viral on Facebook. And then, uh, you know, then there was a couple of fake accounts out there that took the video and put it on their YouTube and Callahan went and had to track those people down, call up YouTube, get on, let them know that 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 video isn't theirs, they don't own the property to it, and they would take it down. Because people were actually, at some point, making money off of the stuff that we were making because we didn't really have a YouTube. And we also were using, like, Vimeo back then. Like, all our edits and stuff were going on Vimeo. They weren't really going on YouTube yet. So, So yeah, went on Facebook, went viral, got picked up by a bunch of big outlets, went, like, on Outside Magazine and stuff like that, and just, uh, that was the beginning of the virus. (laughs) <laughs> of the virality that that uh that ensued after that so and then you kept it moving let's talk through hall of fame skits while we're on it uh intro skits uh with the winch yeah so so now knucklehead already dropped we did that the year before and then we did how you doing the movie and uh you know callahan callahan's a genius he he always thinks about the little things and he said he's like listen we're making a snowboard movie everyone's making a snowboard movie but how are you going to captivate your audience in the first 30 seconds? Because if you don't get me in the first 30 seconds, I'm tuning Go out. On. I'm going to the next video. So he came. Sean also works. Uh, he's a set builder, and he works in production. So he has access to all these props and shit. So he had, like, these dummy arms um, that he was like, yo, I'm thinking about doing something with this. Like, if you get, like, your arms ripped off and, like, blood, <laughs> blood sprays everywhere. as like the intro to the video because... Because if, if your arms are getting ripped off in the first 15 seconds of the video, what's the rest of that video going to be like? It's got to be gold, right? Like, what else are these, ki- what else are these kids going to do? And uh, so, yeah, he had, he had access to the props, and uh, it was the summertime, and we were, you know, dropping the video in the fall, so we, we shot the intro. And uh, he had these dummy arms on me, and, like, I'm holding my arms in my shirt like that with the fake arms. And, uh, <laughs> and um, like, we had a pressurized fire extinguisher uh, that we filled with, like, a red dye. And hoses that came up out of here. And then, yeah, with my, I'm holding onto the winch. It's actually hilarious. Like, the outtakes of that shit is, like, it, it's, it's 
crying, laughing, funny when you see like the hand and it doesn't really hold on, just like falls off or like you got like the fake. Because like it, it, you know, it's movie magic. You know, it happens so quick. Like you know, the average person would be like, "Oh, those really his arms," but I mean, obviously they're not. You know, <laughs> like. But yeah, you just like, you know, you hold on to the winch and like they're glued on there. And then like the, the, you know, my buddy fires up the winch and just rips my arms off. And like, you know, cause I'm on, obviously I'm, I'm pre-season. I say in the video, I'm pre-season training with my boys, Ice Ghost Killship, but I'm on a gravel driveway with a rainbow box. Like what kind of pre-season training are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? So yeah, I'm out here with, the, I'm out here with my boys with the rainbow box, you know, get the arms ripped off, the blood sprays everywhere. Boom. The movie starts. <laughs> And so that's, uh, that's how it's got to be, dude. That's so good. Tahoe Roger, we got a Patreon question from him, and he said, <clears throat> how did the name Ice Coast Kill Shit come about? Who started it? Uh, that term's coined by Callahan. Um, they, pre-Ice Coast, they were the Love Life crew, and then um, he wanted to change it up and just kind of shouted that one out. And uh, said, what about Ice Coast Kill Shit? I mean, we, we always, everyone always called the East Coast the Ice, Ice Coast. Coast. You know, that yeah. term has been around forever. Um, but we're killing shit. And uh, also, you know, a good point he made was like, listen, people, people would get not turned off by it, but like, oh, they have the word shit. Like, like big companies or somebody that's like got something to worry about. Be like, ah, no, we can't really mess with these guys because they got the word shit in their name. Kids and anyone. But he said, you know what? Like, if you... If you're the type of person that can't handle that word, then you're not the type of person that's down with us in general, you know, or like you're not the type of person that we want to buy our merch, that we would want to buy our merch. Because if you're soft and you can't handle the word shit, <laughs> then, then, then you know what, you know, go to Kmart. Like I can't, I can't like, <laughs> what are, you know, what are you doing, you know? So yeah, Ice Coast Kill Shit is just like a really raw way of um, explaining our crew because we're out there killing shit and uh, riding rusty, rickety crap rails and shitty spots and uh trying to make the best of it so and you guys also have a motto uh it's something along the lines of uh it didn't bitch out and move out west do you guys have stickers like th that said that right yes yeah, would you like yes. to elaborate on that please uh well we didn't bitch out and move out west we a lot of people after <laughs> a lot of people after college you know um pursue their life out west and uh and i there's nothing wrong with that i mean i actually ended up i moved out west and Became like a lifty. I worked at Heavenly for a year. I worked in Hercule uh, Heavenly for a year. I worked in North Lake Tahoe for a year at Alpine Meadows. Um, and then I went to Breckenridge. I worked at Breckenridge for a season. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I went out west, but I always went back to New York. I was always, you know, in New York in the summers because working was my bread and butter to allow myself to snowboard in the winters. Um, but, yeah, it's just a funny, catchy way, and it gets people thinking. Like, oh, shit, like, did I bitch out, move out west? Like, damn, I've been living the out answer here. The answer is yes. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not what we did. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just how, how we did it. And, um, yeah, we just keep it real. You kept it real. That's it. You know what's a good thing to talk about? Uh, you know, with you guys, you guys have entertainment value in your guys' video. You got, you got the winch going, ripping your arms out of the sockets, blood squirting everywhere yeah you're how you doing in before you fly off of something blow out your knee uh you know what's the what's the motto again about mediocre mediocre yeah mediocre riding above average lifestyle yes yeah. very profound and uh i just think it's that's something to highlight when you look at snowboard crews look at mikey for example mikey if you look at his skits in the, you know ender of brainstorm and all the all the like all the parts over the years you know he's fucking making people laugh he's flying off a of shit on a toboggan 
you know, I feel like I've sprinkled some of that there in, in, in my career and things like that. And I think a lot of snowboarders could take note of that, that the fact that we are entertainers, people click on our videos to be entertained. Right. And I think a lot of snowboarders are like, well, I, I did the trick that this person did and I want to be sponsored, but it's like, no, you're trying to fucking entertain the people. Like, right. Like, give them something yeah. to watch. Yeah. Right, like, Mikey, Mikey, a talented snowboarder, but then also a person to watch, an entertaining person. Yes. Like, he'll make you laugh. Like, he'll, he has, like, a certain energy, you know? And that's, like, what, when it comes out on screen, like, that's what people want to see. They want to be relatable. They want to yeah. laugh. And they also want to see snowboarding. It makes and, it human. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, Mikey had that for a long time, doing it for an, at an early Early age, yeah, I mean, again, getting the last going. Like a thirty-year career, and four of five things people talk about is funny shit. Which exactly. Up. Yeah. What do they bring up mostly? Uh, the meat over the shoulder. You know, the bomb hole skip we did recently with the limo. Like it's just uh, anything funny. Like right. Snowboarding and being good snowboarders rad, but it's all about. I mean, ninety-nine percent of people could they can't even conceive the trick. Mm-hmm. It's right. about like tuning in and having fun, and that's what you guys are doing. Exactly. Yeah. Relate. Yeah, that's the difference, too, is that, you know, there's a lot of really good snowboarders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. And, like, what what is that? Like, it's just, like, check out my tricks. Yeah. That's cool. I, yeah. I admire a lot of people's tricks. Yeah, yeah and tricks are sick. Like, yeah, that's that's, that's the part of snowboarding that's sick. Sure. It's, like, yeah. you know, impressive. Um, but memorable shit is, like, yeah, when that, that guy who's doing the front 270 also, like, lands and chucks a snowball at the camera or right. says something funny on his way out of frame. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, then it just makes that trick a little bit more memorable. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't re- invent the skit. I mean, skits have been going on forever. It's just like when we started doing it, it's just things were getting so serious. It was like Olympics kind of just started coming around and like, I don't know, just kind of like so, so everyone was kind of getting lost for a second. Like, all right, like, yes, yeah, snowboarding is still snowboarding. It's, we're still sliding down a hill sideways and like being dipshits on the hill. Like, Let's make some funny. Let's make some fun out of this, you know. And uh, like, for example, the cheese grater stairs, uh, where you literally were grating cheese on cheese grater stairs. <laughs> yeah, because you know how many times have you said cheese grater stairs? Yeah, it's great. I've said never it. Actually, used them. Did anyone ever know if he grates cheese? Yeah, no. Shit. <laughs> that was my whole thing. I'm like, dude, I've been saying this shit for years. Like every time I pass that down rail, I'm like, oh, the cheese grater stairs, those things. And early, I'm like, but does he grate cheese, bro? Like you know, like. Because if it doesn't, I'm going to have to, we got to come up with a new term because it's not a cheese grater stairs. Yeah. Called skin grater, yeah. you know, because yeah. it will grade your skin, but does it grade cheese? And luckily it does. So um, we knocked that one out. Yeah, miss, that that one was out. a Mythbusters. You <laughs> know? That's it. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you got to the bottom of that. Yeah. I mean, that was a big concern. It's important research being done out there in the field. <laughs> <laughs> what about the uh, backpack rail? Another, another genius one from Callahan, like just, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta be ready to go. You know, you gotta have a spot on lock whenever you need it. And uh, the backpack rail is just what that <laughs> came about. Dude, that one is unbelievable. Like, bro, I need more. Ra- I wish there was more rails in this park. And then your homie rolls up and he's got a rail on his back. Like, that's your boy, dude. So he's sick. like, he's there for you. He's got a rail on his back. He's gonna set it up in front of a lip. Now there's a session. You know, now we're having a session. So. What, what was the one you dropped earlier this winter, maybe last winter, of like the hut you had going on where, where you're filming uh, the whole? Oh yeah, filmer pod. Filmer pod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. dude. You know Maya, which is yeah, filmer pod. <laughs> you know, like, dude, it's just. 
because Callahan's a filmer, and like he's at a point now where he's like, dude, it's just so cold. He's, I'm like, because I'm, I'm like, every every year, I'm like, yo, are we doing it? Are we making a movie this year? Like, what do you think? He's like, dude, I'm done standing in the streets at two o'clock in the morning, freezing my ass off, getting kicked out of spots, and like. You just gotta have a place that's comfortable for your filmer to chill. So you get you make a, a portable pod that your filmer can hang out in. Um, mine just so happened to have an uh, iPad and Wi-Fi, <laughs> so I could watch the Rangers game. Um, but yeah, just like a little shack for the filmer to hang in, and then this way you get all your clips. Because you know what? If your filmer's comfortable, the clip is just gonna come out better. Yeah. If the filmer's cold and shaky and just uncomfortable and not happy to be there. He's not putting 100% in. I don't care what he says. No, he'll be in so. the car. Well, we, we got Julian exactly. back there. He's a fil- he's our filmer, our producer. Julian, what do you think about the filmer pod? I like that. You're in? You got to be cozy. Yeah. Right. Like, let's say this room was outside and it was 20 degrees out. Would you be cool with sitting right there doing it, or would you want to have, like, a little shack that you could uh, kick it in? shack would be good. No shack, I'm Right, yeah, that's he, it. Yeah, he needs the shack. <laughs> Where can you find these or purchase these? Uh, you just have to Amazon, create them yourself. Amazon.com. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we put that one together. Um, are you guys looking to scale or yeah. are you guys looking to grow your business? I see an opportunity here. Yeah, are you going to yeah. go to Shark Tank? Yeah, yeah I mean, we could. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not off the table. We're open to anything, really. Um, I would love to see you and Callahan walking into the Shark Tank with the filmer <laughs> pod. Yeah, the filmer pod on wheels, and then I'm in there with the GoPro on the, on the 15 <laughs> football. Because, <laughs> like, the filmer's. Uh, that, I, you know. Mr. Wonderful is just ripping you to shreds. Yeah, he's like, what the hell is this? I'm like, dude, get in here, bro. Don't, don't knock until you try it. Get in here, sit down, crack a glass of wine, put the camera down. You tell me what you're doing here. Mark Cuban's <laughs> like, you know what? We would like to invest. Yeah, he's like, you know what? This is a good spot for me to be outside but inside. Um, but yeah, the best part about that one is the, is the GoPro pole because like, it just keeps – it goes out the window, but then the pole's so long it just keeps going out the window. <laughs> <laughs> 15, 20 feet long. So it's just too much, dude. I got my slippers on. Like, if your filmer can be outside wearing slippers, shooting you on a rail. That's a winning sesh. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your filmer's stuck. Yeah. So, Meyer, send your address and we'll send one over. We'll get you dialed in. <laughs> we'll get you, we'll get you dialed in, Meyer. All right. <clears throat> I think it's time for uh, you know what, guys. Oh, shit. You know what we're getting into, Danny? Uh, name that video part? Wow. I have a question for you guys. What's up? Did you guys know that Name That Video Part is presented by Woodward? I didn't. I don't even know what Woodward is. What is it? Well, they got a multitude of locations. Um, they got some on the East Coast. They got them all over. But we have one here in Utah, Woodward Park City. Mm, really? Yeah. It's What it is, it's a mountain. Uh, and they got a snowboard park. They got okay. tubing. Okay. Uh, they got all kinds of great terrain. And then they got an indoor facility as well, Mike. Wow, that sounds amazing. But the thing is, I don't, I don't want to drive super far all the way up to Park City, Chris. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, Mike. It's only 15 minutes away. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And there's something for everything. Joey B, I heard he learned how to do uh, double backflips under the foam pit when he was there. Yeah, I was doing uh, double rigatoni rolls under the foam pit. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. good for that. There's a coach. You can get you dialed in. Yeah. Uh, what they, if I want to bring my kids there? Uh, well, you know, they have parkour. Um, they got foam pits. They got a skateboard park. Mm, I'm not really into boarding, though. I just like tubing. I mean... Well, let me tell you something. You're in luck. They got a tubing. Wow. Yeah, tubing is really fun. Um, All right. So if you're interested in uh, checking out a great place from all ability levels, from just learning how to snowboard all the way to professional snowboard, giant jumps, double corks, all that, you got it, as well as summer activities and mountain biking, skateboarding, parkour, all of it. Where are you going to go, Mike? Woodward Park City. Where are you going to go, Joey B? 
Woodward, as the people call it, Woodies. Yes, that is. Yeah, that's the. If you're in the know, you call it Woodies. That's kind of a trendy name. Okay, let's get into uh, name that video part. First question we ask: zero through ten confidence level. Joey B, how you doing? I don't know. I'm gonna give it a uh, four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. <laughs> All right, we, we got a kind of a two. We, we didn't. We got a two parter. We got a two parter. Okay, a two parter. Yeah, we're gonna start you off with one. See how you do. If I get it wrong, do I got to whack a small insult? Sure, let's do that. <laughs> okay, here we go. If you get it right, I'll do a small insult. Okay, here we go. I'm back. Back in New York. Okay, love that one. Intro. How you doing the movie? Oh, that is correct. Ah. Hmm. Ah. Ah. Okay. Oh, we got the buzzer for this. If you, get wrong, if you get it wrong, I'm gonna hit the buzzer. I'm excited about this. Uh, so you got that one right. What we're gonna do here is uh, part two. So you, I'm gonna say you won. You might still get the prize back. We'll see how you do after this one. Okay, here we go. your boy johnny o'connor wow that's your boy jack johnny. and i want to say roll call that's not correct oh, wait 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 Ooh. i want to say i feel like it's one of those movies not roll call maybe uh is it a video grass movie it is not a video grass movie well i know it's johnny o'connor that's yeah, for I'll sure give it that's, to you. that's for sure it. yeah yeah which one though? I I have to. It, it I, may be from his board manufacturers made a movie. Oh, Defenders of Awesome. Yeah, do you uh, have, two. Yes, it yeah, is. Do that's you know, uh, yes, yeah. Defenders of Awesome, the second one. Uh, you got yourself a stay bomb, badass. A bomb stay hole, badass, people. Uh, duffel bag full of bombhole merch filled with Parmesan cheese. I hope. Yeah, we got a wheel of cheese in there actually. <laughs> a wheel of Parmesan. There you go. Bag is secured. Thank yep. you guys. Appreciate it. Yep. All kinds of good stuff. You got some smelling salts in there. Some hats you can bring back to your. Uh, Giant Italian family. My paisanos. Yeah, your paisanos. <laughs> no and uh, part two of Name That Video Part. Uh, for our listeners, if you know the video part, comment on the photo of Joey B when this episode comes out on Instagram. That's where we pick our winner. Okay, here we go. Great video part. We want to thank you guys for playing Name That Video Part. How are you feeling? I forget to write. I'm um, doing good. Yeah, I feel great about that. Okay. Yeah, it's a great part. I also love those movies. The the Capitol movies are great. Like those Defenders of Awesome, Stay Badass. Uh, yeah, good intro. Classic good film. music. Shout out to Mark Dangler. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we have a guest question from Johnny O'Connor himself. How you go. doing? Parmesan John. Yo, Joey B. It's your boy Parmesan John here. <laughs> Got a question for you. Hard hitting question. I want to know, the people want to know, what kind of olive oil are you putting on your whip? How are you flying down this mountain and boosting the way you boost? How do you do it? How you doing? Bye. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, John. It starts with a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Light, replies smooth, evenly, buff it in with some Italian bread, two-year Reggiano, 
go heavy around the edges so you don't clip up on the down flat down. How you done? And you just boost, bro. You just go in and you got to make sure you clear the hump. All right? You got to boost. You got to send it. You're straight. No speed checks. Just go straight in and worry about the rest after that. Mm. That's it. Great wow. advice. That's Great it. advice. Great advice. Yeah. Just go straight. So you, you, uh, you, get, you make Bowers cold brew? Yes. Have you thought about making Bowers uh, Parmesan and Bowers olive oil? Where are we at with that? It's uh, production is a lot, um, but yeah, I'm thinking about taking a trip over to Italy at one point, trying to source out some suppliers, mm. and uh, yeah, branding it up. We'll see. I would love to purchase Bowers olive oil. I don't know, but the Bauer last name doesn't have an Italian ring yeah. to it, so we'd have to. We'd what, about, have to what about Joey B? How you doing? Yeah, I think maybe how you doing? Yeah. How yeah. you doing, olive oil? How you doing, olive oil? How you doing, Parmesan? Um, yeah. yeah, this is how you doing lifestyle. You know, it's it's, it's it's not about how you ride; it's how you look and eat. <laughs> If you're eating good, you're riding good, you're looking good, you're doing good. I mean, that's it. You know, you're all right. So we'll go there and just keep it, you know. Wow. But yeah, the cold brew is good. Cold brew is good. Cold brew is bomb. Keeps you fired up. For those who are watching, this is the Bauer brew right here. Yeah. What's up with it? Sell Ah. sell me on this. Sell me this this cold brew. (laughs) Well, Chris, do you find yourself (laughs) wanting that extra boost in the morning but don't have the time to make coffee? You know what? I do, Joey. So what I want you to do is go into your fridge and reach on the door there. We're going to have a nice selection of cold brews, mm. all different areas of the United States. Uh, I mean, of the world, you know, Tanzania, Guatemala, Ecuador, um, you know, just we source our beans from all over the world and we brew it up. Simple, simple process, but also important to, to take your time. A lot of people think that cold brew coffee is just coffee that's cold, mm. um, but you actually have to brew it cold. It's kind of like the way you brew tea. Um, you brew it with cold water. Um, we have a certain type of water that we use and a certain type of filter that it gets filtered through. And, um, you know, it's a special process, but ultimately, like my mom always used to say, sometimes the best ingredient is time. You know, you just got to let things simmer. And uh, when it comes down to the cold brew, it's what we do. You know, you let it you let it brew over time. So five-year? What are we talking? Don't rush the process. You know, we also can't give away too many company secrets. But let's just say, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a process, but... Okay, I'm interested. Don't be thinking. I know you're thinking. You want to tell me I'm not giving you any more ideas, dude, all right? A so lot of people listen. I want to let you guys know that we're coming up with Bomb Hole Brew. It's a cold brew. And the, the, what we do is we actually let it age is their secret. But that's coming out next week. I'm interested in this Bowers Cold Brew. You know, let's say I wanted to purchase a bottle. Where could I get it? Uh, you can buy it online at bowersbrew.com. Uh, we like to do offer a subscription-based um, payment plans for our customers, so you get like a delivery once a month. Um, you go. We also do bagged coffee, and we also do espresso concentrate. So you can make yourself a cold espresso. You can add water and milk to turn it into a nice coffee. Um, but mainly, the the eight ounce bottles is really like um, you know, just being a quick grab and go, quick boost. Um, and it also, you know, it's like I was always a guy who put sugar and milk in my coffee, <clears throat> and then my brother started making this coffee, and I don't need to do any of that. I mean, it, it just it's Similar measurements to a Red Bull, you know, mm-hmm. eight and a half ounce. Like, it's just a small bottle. It just goes down quick. It gives you enough energy, and, uh, you know, it's healthy. It's not, um, there's no additives, mm-hmm. no chemicals. And, uh, yeah. Sounds like you're, it sounds very similar to run through a wall smelling salts, doesn't mm-hmm. it, to you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, if you, if you combine the two, I mean, source the salts similarly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we have we have a very rigorous sourcing process as well. Very rigorous. Yeah, the, the smelly salt is uh, locally sourced. Yeah, it's good beans. Yeah, good beans. So I'm worried about my figure. I mean, a lot of co- calories in this? No, or? zero. 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 Yeah, it's just wow. coffee, beans, Stop and water. It. That's the only thing that's... Wow. Hmm. Yeah, okay. the only thing that's in there is coffee, beans, and water. I drank that's half it. mine, and my vein is popping out of my head. Yeah. I'm ready to fuck yeah, I saw, that's yeah. I was, yeah, I see you're shaking over there. <laughs> I'm thinking we maybe find a civilian on the street and yeah, just beat the shit out of him for yeah, no that's reason. A good idea. <laughs> bring him in, bring him in, come on. Let's go. Yeah. I'm a little scared sitting next to Mikey right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All good, bro. Holy shit, okay. brother. Okay, we're fired up. We're getting juiced. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you got to stay juiced, you know, yeah. and... Uh, being from New York, I mean, the coffee is one of those things that you just love. Yeah. And um, you want to just, being from New York, you basically just want to maintain a steady line of just being stressed out at all times. Absolutely. <laughs> dude. You want to be able to rip your hair out at any moment. <laughs> you want simple tasks that should be kind of calm yeah. and peaceful to be high stress. Right. And yeah. Bowers Cold Brew will help you with that. Flip of a there. switch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's that's where we're at. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good daily supplement. Yeah. <laughs> I do love, uh, speaking of New York, though, there is just like, there is, I think, New York, Boston, these bigger cities, especially just maybe East Coast in general, not when you get up in the rural areas, but like, you know, metropolises, if you will, there is just such a stressful, like, high pace, pace of life that is way different, that kind of gets slower as you move out West, I feel like. Absolutely. Have you, have you picked up on that? I have. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the city that never sleeps. It's, uh, everyone's kind of on edge. It's um, it's interesting to see. <laughs> I spent a couple of days in the city. I'm like, all right, get me out of here. You know, I live on the beach on the east end of Long Island. I don't partake in the crazy cityness. It's like I feel like I'm gonna something's gonna fall on me, or a car's gonna come whizzing by. It just seems like a very, it's a stressful situation to be in. It's it's a grind. And so the the term rat race didn't come from anywhere. It's literally a rat race. It's like from from sun up to sundown. Are there literally rats racing in New York City? Yeah, but you don't see them because they're underground in the subway <laughs> tunnels. But they're racing the shit out. Of, they're they're running all over the place down there. So let's let's talk surfing. Surf up, surf yeah, up. I see, I, <laughs> I see you out there getting shacked. Yeah, yeah. Love to surf. Love it. Um, yeah, I live on a pretty decent break. Um, the surf doesn't come that often. It's like similar to how our snowfall is. You know, we get good hurricane swell stuff like that. September, October. Um, I surf year round, so I'll, you know in the in the winter the crowds dissipate and the low pressure systems give you a pretty good swell as well. Um, you just gotta be willing to freeze your nuts off, and um, yeah, surfing's good. Do you ever wish you uh, pursued a career in uh, surfing instead of uh, snowboarding? I would have had to have started that when I was like four years old. I didn't start snow. I didn't start surfing until I was fifteen, sixteen. Um, and then probably didn't get serious about it until I was able to like drive and take myself to the beach. And, um, <clears throat> and then I really didn't get good at it until I lived at the beach, which is way later. Um, cause surfing is one of those things. It's like the waves always changing. The board's always changing. Um, <clears throat> you know, it just requires a little bit more patience to learn. Whereas snowboarding, once you figured it out, you've figured it out. Now it's just a matter of adapting to the terrain a little bit, but the wave is always changing. It's always different. Um, it's challenging for sure. Seems like you love it. Like, that seems like it's kind of your shit. It is. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I love the beach, dude. Love the beach, love the waves, love just the smell of the salty air. And it is healing. Like, uh, I spent one summer actually away from the beach um, up in Lake Placid. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, just jump in the lake. You know, you get out of the lake and you just don't feel salty. 
Um, and I just <laughs> crave that feeling, you know, it's like I crave like just feeling salty and dry and like a, like a dried up raisin prune, just <laughs> absolutely scorched by the sun. Like, yeah, I don't know why I just, I love that. Like, it's just something I love. Um, and then surfing too. It's a, it's a, it's a learning curve. Like snowboarding, I don't know. I look at like Jerry Lopez, for example, he kind of did the reverse migration. He did sir. He surfed his whole life and then transcended into snowboarding. Um, but, like, look how old he is and look how well he can still surf. And I feel like surfing is one of those things that you can do until, until your time is up. Because I surf for guys that are 80, 75, 80 years old. And it definitely keeps them young, keeps them in great shape. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's easier on the body, on the joints. Um, you know, jumping off your board into some water is way different than, you know, if you're 80 years old and you catch a front edge and you <laughs> face plant in the <laughs> snow, I mean, that, that literally could be it. That might be <laughs> That might be it. So, uh, you know, it's definitely something for the later days to just always keep doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally low impact. Yeah. And I want to use that's a front edge. If you catch a back edge, I mean, RIP. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how I'm going to go when I'm old. Yeah. yeah. Intentional back edge. Inten- well, I, I have a vision. It's like an intentional king rail, gap rail. You get, you know, maybe get back lip, but you ping on the way up. You go mm. too close. <laughs> Oof. You just land on the flat on just your back. Just on purpose. Break it's on, like that, uh, dude, like that, uh, the Denver Orcliffe. I don't know if you saw Flyway Closer where he gaps out. Oh, my God. And then the two he rails. hung up but... on the top one. Yeah, that yeah, was insane. Dude, I think he grew three inches just from, <laughs> just from the stretch of his body, the impact. Yeah. Of, like... he, got, he also came down with a pretty bad case of scoliosis after that as well, too. Dude, I watched that clip. I was like, holy hell, dude. Like Just, just slinky of the vertebrae. <laughs> just gap out, launch 15 feet to just catch and just hook and just <laughs> ultimate stuff. Yeah, person in their 80s, they're they're not coming back from that. No. They're dead. No. Um, 21-year-old kid? He's good. He's good. He's yeah, good to go. Right. Ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, good to go. Um, but yeah, the surfing thing is great. And uh, it's, it's just, you know, another activity, another tool to uh, to keep you traveling and going around and, like, checking out new spots. I mean, surfboard, mm-hmm. snowboard, two tools, take you all around the world, whatever you need, wherever you want to go. It's beautiful places. Um that's why I always tell people too, like, <clears throat> you know, if you snowboard, I, all the places I've ever, I've been in this world, it's like, because I wanted to go snowboarding or because I wanted to go surf and it's like, just allows you to get there. If I just wanted to go there just to go walk around sightsee, it's like, what is that? You know, it's, it's, it's nice, you know, it's definitely a leisurely thing to do, but yeah, you go to Hawaii, you're like, oh, I want to go to Hawaii. All right. Well, you want to go to Hawaii to surf or you want to go to Hawaii to hike? It's like, I want to go to Hawaii to surf. Um, same with snowboarding. Want to go to the Alps? The Alps are good. You can eat, drink, walk around, but then you go snowboarding in the Alps. You're like, wow, this is uh, even be more beautiful than you could expect. You know, so that's cool. And and also from your perspective, you know, a lot of like pro snowboarders have been kind of like spoiled in a way because we just get. I don't know what the fuck these guys. Are <laughs> What are you grinning about? Oh, you know, man. I just love that guy over there, over there, guy, guy right there. Silk so deep. <laughs> the producer. Just happy to be here. <laughs> Silk deep for the listeners also has a dope ass mullet as well. Yeah, he's killing it. Yeah. yeah. We'll just we'll put a photo on the screen. Yeah. He will. <laughs> actually, when I say we, we actually mean him because he's the one that edits it. So he's like, I'll take a selfie and put it on there. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna keep it moving. But you know, a lot of people like that sit in that chair. We get travel. We get paid to go to the Alps and these places and like, eh, I'm out of travel budget. I can't go anywhere. Like, it's like, you know, you hear that stuff. And as myself included, as just a fucking prima donna piece of shit. 
but, but then you get, you get uh, I think it's like, it's fucking awesome that you guys are like, I'm going to just, I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to spend my hard earned money to go snowboard in the Alps and go, you know, get after it. That's right. Yeah. Self, self-funded. Yeah. Self-funded. Yeah. Self-funded. No budget. Um, but love to travel, love to snowboard. So that kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and it like, yeah, it just, it's like a, my, it's, I always call it my bread and butter. Cause, uh, I, it, it, it starts at a certain date and it ends at a certain date. So it just allows me to, to just know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and I'll work six days a week if I have to seven or doubles or whatever. Um, I bartend for anyone that didn't know that. So I, I bartend in a pretty wealthy area of Long Island where a lot of tourism, a lot of rich people go and, um, gets very busy and it's busy from let's say Memorial day to labor day. But as time has changed, it's now it's busy. It used to be Memorial day to labor day and then cut off, but now it kind of goes in through October because September and October <clears throat> are beautiful months out there on the beach. So, and the waves are always the best in those months because of the hurricanes. Um, so now it's kind of been like a, it's now it's like a five, six month a you know, year gig. And then it puts a nice, stack of biscuits in the bank and um <clears throat> you know and then right after christmas time go home spend christmas with my family like that month spend december with the fam and then uh yeah january february march i'm free to do whatever i want um on my own budget of course but anybody listening how you doing <laughs> <laughs> anybody want to help the kid out uh yeah you i won't some, say get, no to cheddar biscuits you get some support though from some people right yeah um in, not monetarily, no. Yeah. Um, but I do get to travel with a company called Override. Um, I work for them. So I travel with them and I'll run their social media. Um, I'll hang with some guests. And uh, yeah, uh, that I'm very lucky for that. And uh, anybody that doesn't know Override, it's like a travel-based adventure. I like to call it like an experience adventure company because they, as much as they do travel, they offer experiences. They bring you to beautiful places. Uh, this year we went to Idaho. We went to the Alps. We went to, we came to Snowbird twice. Uh, we were in Austria. Um, <clears throat> and they just put together these great itineraries for people. Um, and I just took my brother and sister on an override trip. And it's like we had all been, me and my brother and sister have been talking about going away forever. We should go somewhere. We should go somewhere. Okay, well, let's book a ticket. Ah, well. I'm not around today to book a ticket. Okay, well, then I'm going to look at tickets. Oh, well, tickets are going up. And, like, there's all these obstacles of trying to figure out the logistics of planning a trip with your family. So I was like, listen, let's go to Snowbird. All you have to do is put down your deposit. You put down a deposit. Then you pay the, you pay the rest of the balance right before the trip. So you don't even pay for the whole thing up front. They handle all the logistics. You know, they do the, they do the airfare. They do the hotel. They line up the tickets for you. They do, the, they do everything. All you have to do is show up. So that's what I always tell people. I'm like, listen, if you don't want to plan your own thing and you want to be dialed in with other people that are into doing what you do as well, <clears throat> jump on an override trip. And we had a great time. Yeah, it's great. You chef it up too on those? I don't chef it up. No. Okay. Those, those are not. That's, that's a premium. That's a premium bomb hole experience. That was a definitely a premium bomb hole yeah. experience. <laughs> God damn, yeah. That was incredible. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing we didn't talk about, uh, we talked about Johnny Connor, Johnny O'Connor, but when he turned pro, uh, you and Dangler and Capita and uh, Johnny, all, I guess Johnny, unbeknownst to Johnny, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. created a cool skit. I'd love to hear you talk about that. Yeah, so uh, Mark Dangler, shout out, the man. Um, he, he hit me up. I, I never knew Mark. Uh, I never met him before that. So he, he reached out to me and uh, said that he, he pitched this idea about how he wanted to go about announcing Johnny was pro. And um, he was going to fly. I was living in Lake Placid that winter. 
and he's going to fly out. And uh, Dan goes from Rochester, so he was going to go home, see his family in Rochester, and then drive over and meet me. So we met in Lake Placid, shot the shit, put together this skit. Um, he had this cool, like, Capita newspaper that announced that Johnny was pro. Put together all the props, and we, we shot this skit where uh, I was on the porch reading the paper. And, I, 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 you know, the paper gets thrown into, onto the porch, and it hits me. And I just open it, and I'm like, holy shit, Johnny O'Connor, he's turning pro. And uh, I freak out. I get on a bike. I start riding the bike. And in the, in the skit, it looks like I ride the bike all the way down the Wyndham. And uh, I bust into, bust into Jimmy O'Connor, Wyndham Mountain Inn. And, you know, Johnny's there eating a bowl of pasta. <laughs> and, you know, I slam the paper down. I'm like, Johnny, look at this. And then I have the cream of the crop, the Parmesan Don, Johnny O'Connor. He's turning pro for Capita. And then my head explodes into Parmesan. <laughs> Which is incredible. Um, it was a great kicker to the, again, shock factor. You know, like that video was good, but it wouldn't have been as good. The video was great, but it would have just been good if my head didn't explode into Parmesan. Mm. Um, but this whole thing we had to pretend. So we shot the Lake Placid part first, and then we went down to Wyndham. And I had to pretend in front of Johnny like I had never met Dangler before. Because Dangler was saying, oh, Joey's coming down to meet me. Um, Whatever. So he, he didn't want Johnny to know that we had already been working together before we went down to Wyndham. So I had to like pretend like I didn't know Mark and say what's up and play the whole role. And now we're um now we're in the in the in the Wyndham Mountain area and uh we're trying to get a figure out a way to do the whole like the cream of the crowd, the problem, you know, that whole skit had to be without Johnny knowing because Johnny didn't know he was going pro. You know, he thought that we were filming a skit for a Capita movie. Mm. Um, and then, like, the whole thing was that, like, the, the Capita stock was going crazy or something on Wall Street, so that's why I had the newspaper. So Johnny didn't know that the newspaper said Johnny O'Connor turns pro. So we had to figure out a way to get Johnny out of the restaurant for, like, 10, 15 minutes so we could film this part of the skit. So I was like, man, like, I really need some Parmesan for this, like, part of the skit, blah, blah, blah. And he, like, brings out this Parmesan. I'm like, nah, this, this stuff isn't good. It's, like, too light. Like, could you just go to the store and get some, like, shredded stuff? And he was like... All right, yeah, yeah, I'll go to the store. So he leaves, goes to the store. We film that part of the skit where I announce that he's going pro. And then he comes back and just we play it cool. And he films like the pasta part, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes out to uh, Washington, I guess, and they had the party. <clears throat> and him and Rav turned pro that week. And um, yeah, he had no idea. He had, he had no idea That's that we cool. were, that, what, what we were up to. Um, it's amazing. Cool. You're, you were filming his pro <laughs> announcement video with him, and he had no idea it was his pro announcement <laughs> yeah, video. He had no idea. <laughs> Until a week later. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Rewinding to Brighton, I was blown away. You were out here riding back when you guys had Powder Prison. I was so stoked on Johnny's kit. Running yes. full Carhartt, mm, not yes. waterproof. Like we're talking like three feet of snow. Yeah, I was calling him Gore-Tex Johnny. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he was head to toe in cotton. It's so dumb. dude, there's this one clip I put on my story where he just rides right in and out of the frame, yeah. and he's just going like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's so just in that's snow. an East Coast shit, though. He's dude. Yeah. The kid is through and through East Coast, yeah. and just yeah, it ain't about yeah. He doesn't he doesn't need much. No, for sure. Yeah, his kid was hilarious. Yeah, holding like extra three four pounds of just like snow on his body. Yeah, yeah, at least just yeah. like a, it's like a sponge. Jacket. Yeah, between his kit and Callahan's goggles, I was like, dude, Callahan's <laughs> goggles. First of all, it's low light, so you'd think like you'd have like some kind of low light uh, lens on. He's got full blacked out lenses. Things are scratched. He's like, no, man, I like these. These are good. I'm like, dude, you want? I got like three different pairs of dangs in my in my bag. Dude, you can wear any of them. No, no, I like these. These are good. Like, okay, you know, and they worked. You know. So. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know? Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's all good. Well, I think it might be a good time to talk Rangers. Oh, oh shit. Oof. Hard-hitting subject. 
Oh man! What? Oh Uh-oh. no! Oh my God! This guy. Shots firing. Oh my God! Look at those colors, dude. What is yeah. that? It's a beautiful garment. For the listeners that aren't uh, can't see us, I'm putting on a beautiful garment right now. What is a Bruin? It's a bear. It's a bear. It's a bear. It's a bear. You didn't know that? That's, no. Jesus Christ, dude! dude yeah, I don't research bear. the Boston Bruins. Yeah, it's a bear, dude. All I know is the Rangers certified park rangers. You know, it's rangers. Out <laughs> 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 here in the park, in the end. park ranger. Yeah, it's been a tough, a bit of a tough road in the playoff season for us, huh? It's it was tough. Man. Have you recovered? Are you where are you at with that right now? I, I won't really recover until June's over because all I keep thinking about is this time last year I was still watching hockey, mm. and it actually blows my mind to think that we were still watching hockey at this point. Yeah. But but man, that was tough, dude. Mm-hmm. Nah. But it's got to be equally as tough for you. Well, the, you guys a, had a tremendous season. The the expectation was like, yeah, blow through. Blow through the Panthers, and then we're just we're rolling. Like it was like we, we were like we're a shoe in for the cup. Right. Didn't even think round one there was a possibility of getting eliminated. Not at all. You guys are plus three thirty. You're gonna number. You're favored to win the cup. Rangers were like plus twenty five hundred. Not and that you we, do any sports betting, but yeah. No, I'm not a gambler at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Only when I'm in Utah, ma. Um, yeah, like uh. That was just tough, man. It was tough to watch. I just had such high hopes, and I think that's probably part of the big letdown was having the high hopes um, yeah. and just being so fired up on hockey. Um, but, yeah, tough one. But, you know, we regrouped, fired our, fired our coach. <laughs> so we're basically starting from scratch. <laughs> when in doubt, get rid of the coach. Dude. Sixers just got rid of Doc Rivers. Yeah, Doc Rivers like, gone. Like, 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 poor guy. Got him to the, got him to the uh, champion. Not the, what, the Eastern Conference. Got him to Eastern Conference every year that he was a coach. And they just canned him. Yeah, guys just canned him. Yeah, it's insane. We need, need a coach. We're going to need a new coach. Yeah. yeah, I mean. So you got to do. What are the Bruins making changes? Do they... Uh, we're basically fucked after this year because <laughs> we are a veteran team. You know, like a lot of the guys came out of retirement to play for the Bruins. And it's like. It's a full rebuild. It's a disaster. It's kind of like we ain't coming back. I mean, we did just sign Pasta to like a five-year deal or something crazy, so he's locked in. But yeah, there's a couple some young talent. But you know, like Krejci's old, uh, Marshy's old. He's still playing good. Bergie's old. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys are fucking veterans. So we got to rebuild. I think is where yeah. we're going. I think Marshy could have played better. I think uh, that last game, I really, I mean, I had him to, to make a couple shots, mm-hmm. but. It's, it's, it's tough when you see those guys that you have expectations for that you're like, you know, it's like Zibanejad. It's like, dude, I'm screaming at the TV, just shoot the puck, shoot the puck. It's like, you know, you start noticing things that you normally wouldn't notice. Like he was only shooting from the left side, you know, and like, it's like, dude, shoot the puck from somewhere else. They know you're going to go for that one-timer from the left side. Like mm-hmm. switch it Ovechkin's up. Ovechkin's office. Ovechkin's office, powerhouse too. Panarin didn't show up. You know, he's supposed to be a superstar, didn't show up. You know, there's just guys that you expect to play well, and they don't. You know? I did like the reverse Igor chance. Uh, you know, early se- regular season, wasn't doing that good. Came in the playoffs, lights out. Yep. And all the Rangers fans were chanting Igor. Yeah. You know, it was, that was Yeah, they that do was that Igor's better chant, and yeah. I don't really mess with that. I don't really like that chant, to be honest with you, because, like, it's just a little too cocky. Yeah. And, you, you could, and, and hockey's one of those sports, like, yeah, if you're playing baseball and you're up 10-5, yeah, you, it's pretty much a wrap. But, like... The game in hockey, the game isn't over until it's over, mm-hmm. you know, and especially if it's a 2-1 game. You know, mm-hmm. we, that's how we went out. We went out like that. Like, you know, you can never get too comfortable. And Two-goal lead, most dangerous lead in hockey. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, you see it all the time. You know, it's like uh, yeah, I don't really like getting too – I don't like getting my hopes up, and especially like gassing up the goalie 
um, and then he makes a mistake, and it's like you're just building yourself up to be let down, right. basically, you know. Well, we could be. It could be worse. We could be Philadelphia fans. <laughs> Good, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It's t- it's been a tough year. <laughs> It's hard being the bastard son of the East Coast. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know, you know, Danny's dad is is the Eagles insider. Yeah. So yeah. he does a podcast for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's got in, Intel insider trading info. It's true. Can't say yeah. anything on air. Yeah. You know, don't want don't want him to lose his job. But uh, I'm pretty sure the script says birds are going back to the Super Bowl and taking it home this year. <laughs> so. Well, they spent enough money. They should. <laughs> For $300 million, you better do something. How much did he get, Jalen Hurts? 255 mil uh, over the next, like, five years, that's I think. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. Sex. <laughs> that's and then Lamar like that, Jackson. That's, that's uh, very similar to Danny's uh, bomb hole shipping contract that he's got going right now. <laughs> yeah. Very similar in the salary range. I am into six million. figures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a decimal in there you, somewhere. You know what's great with, with uh, Danny, Danny's dad is that if you got a fantasy football player that's on the IR, uh, you just call Dan and say, hey, man, you got any intel for me? And then, you know, you, I might, can fill you, in. you may or may not have info, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. so if you need when I'm back in New York, you want me to put in some bets for you? Let me know. I got DraftKings and Caesars on lock, dude. Well, and you also probably got some relatives that are bookies. I'm guessing as well. So. Yeah, yeah, got so a maybe, couple guys maybe. on the inside. <laughs> Uncle J- Uncle Jimmy's uh, <laughs> Uncle Jimmy's cooking the books for sure. And he's got a he's got a nephew that'll break your kneecaps if you don't pay as well. So he's yeah. you're set up with old that. tough Tommy. Yeah, yeah, pay up or disappear. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it works. <laughs> It's up to you. You could do either one. You is know? that one of Ice Coast Kill Shit's mottos? Is just pay up or disappear? Yeah. Is yeah. that what you say? No, nah, we say throw down. Yeah, if, oh. you don't, if you don't throw down, you get out, you're done. That's it. We'll take you on a trip to the Verrazano. <laughs> Put you uh, where Hoff is at, you know. I liked what we were just talking about off air in the lobby about how snowboarding is kind of a, a small market. I, I don't think a lot of people don't realize that. No, it's, it's very small. It is. It it's, seems bigger than it is. It, it does. And I, I, you know, it's a big problem with snowboarding, I think. Uh, the barrier to entry, I think, is, a, is, is one of the bigger obstacles. Whereas surfing and skateboarding, you want to skate, you get a skateboard, you go on the parking lot, you skate. You want to surf, all you need is a beach. Snowboarding, you need a lift ticket, boots, bindings, jacket, pants, gloves, permission, a car, gas. Uh, there's just so many more obstacles to overcome just to get on the hill. Um, but that's why I like the DIY stuff. So I like what Johnny's doing in his backyard. It's like, <clears throat> I, I put up a post where he was taking the rope tow. He just got a, a tow pro lift in his yard. Shout out tow pro. Let's give him an air horn. Oh yeah. Game changer, dude. Game changer. Absolutely blown away by mm-hmm. how well those things work. Mm-hmm. The thing is a game changer for his yard. And it's like I said, all, you don't need a mountain. All you need is imagination. Because in reality, if you have snow and imagination, you can do whatever you want. You know, and I learned to snow, snowboard on a golf course. You know, like a lot of kids on Long Island did in Massachusetts. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah, like I went to the golf course with my brother, and like we would throw down and like build some little jumps, and that's how I learned to do it. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, I don't want kids to think that they have to be going up to the mountain to snowboard. It's like, dude, if you have a local golf course, it's closed in the winter. You know, it's like going sleigh riding, but get on your snowboard, build a little jump, get comfortable in the air, get comfortable popping off jumps and stuff like that. And that opens up the gates and the, the interest in the whole thing. So, yeah, DIY. Rite of passage. Yeah, for sure. You know, the old golf course shred. And, and then even just open up the, like, if you open up the gates, if you really think about snowboarding, it seems like it's it seems like it's bigger than it is. Like, for example, 
you know, this few weekends ago was Supercross here in Utah, and I don't know how many people are in that stadium, maybe 60, 80,000. I'm just 40, 40 to 80,000 roughly. I have no idea how many. It's a football stadium. A lot of people usually yeah. play a football stadium. Entire thing sold out. And they do that for 17 weeks in a row. And every single one of them, you know, just the amount of people that show up to watch it, it's just got a bigger audience, right? Yeah. And then, and that's like pretty small compared to hockey or baseball or F1 or whatever, right? And it's kind of like, and then at the bottom, then you have like, you have like motocross, then maybe you have skateboarding. And then like below that, you have snowboarding. And so yeah. we're this, you, this tiny, tiny market of people that like, I don't even think you could get to fill half a quarter of a stadium once a year, you know? And and so I think it's kind of like this illusion of snowboarding being this thing that's bigger than it is. There's a lot of people that ride the hill and that go snowboarding, but aren't interested in the culture, the sport, the fabric beyond just the fact that they own one, it's their garage and they go twice a year. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a tough thing to branch away from, but it's also up to us to like, you know, like the bomb hole cup, it's for everybody. And I think like, Snowboarding has needs events like that where where the pro that you think is larger than life is like right there in front of you shooting the shit. You know, it's like uh especially with today's day and age of social media, like back in the day where you had to buy a VHS tape to watch a video, <clears throat> pros were larger than life. And you could be larger than life because you don't ha- have accessibility to their lifestyle and how they live and um but now with everything that's changed with the social media, it's like, dude, you see Jeremy Jones, you say what's up. And he's cool as fuck. And you're like, what up? You know, it's like the homie. And you're just meeting him. And it's like this guy that you've been watching your whole life snowboard and like been idolizing. And then all of a sudden he's just like the guy that's cool and it's all good. And like, I think that's important, especially for building up the sport and the, the market of snowboarding. Like, dude, the, it, that kid who just met his lifetime hero is so stoked. He's, oh, that's, that's it. You got a snowboarder for life now, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's, um, goes a long way, you know? Totally. It's important. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the snowboarding has a lot of segregated events where it's like your pro event or your like feeder be- event. But there's like there's not even really that many events for like beginners, you know. Like yeah. That's like that that's what we could we could really nurture that part of the sport. It's like a lot of stuff for when you get really competitive, but there's not really like a feeder system to get you there, you know. I mean, maybe there is, but it could be better. A lot of times it's about competition always, too. So yeah. event is the word you keep using. It's more like somehow to make it community. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, event, competition. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, yeah. 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 Like U- USASA, competitions, yeah. not events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Palm Hole Cup, event. Event. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think even, like, where we could be better is, like, having beginner classes. Mm-hmm. And what's the, what's, let's say it is a, a competition. You have a beginner class. Well, what? What constitutes beginner? Well, maybe it's haven't been snowboarding for a year. Un- snowboarding for under a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, damn, I've been snowboarding for three years. I guess I can't be in the beginner. But, like, you know, just saying that, then you're like, damn, all these people are just figuring it out and getting into contests. You know, I had people come up to me at Bombhole Cup, a lot of them, that kept saying, you know, this is my first time ever racing or competing, and it was because you mentioned it was an all-ability levels mm-hmm. competition. Mm-hmm. Like when we were at the yeah. gate, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, that's really cool," you know. Like, yeah. and they're like, "It's just a banks hall for mm-hmm. one of the days," and but it's a big deal for people to sign up and and put themselves out there. But it's fun as shit, right? Yeah, I met a lot of parents too that were competing, but typically they would just be bringing their kid yeah. or whatever, maybe vice versa. Mm-hmm. That's it. But it's the dad of the girl that's like, you know, the mm-hmm. top border cross women's racer was there, but her dad was also cruising. Yeah, which right. was dope. Totally. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to be relatable. It's good to be to open things up and uh, not be so closed off, for sure. Don't gatekeep. Don't, don't gatekeep, gatekeep snowboarding. You know? I like the bank slums, too, are cool, man. Because, like, yeah. it's just, I mean, when I used to race in the USASA, like, I started racing because I would get outjudged by the local kids in Vermont. Like, I would do rail jams. I'd know I was doing better tricks than those kids. But they had their parents were the judges or their, they were local Vermont kids. And they'd be like, ah, you know, we're going to score your, these kids who are locals better than the kid from New York. But when you race, you, there's no argument. You mm-hmm. cross the finish line first, you're the winner. Yep. You know, so it's kind of was like, all right, well, I guess I'll start doing border cross because I just want to win events. I just want to get medals. I want to get to nationals. How am I going to do that? Well, it's not going to be in the Southern Vermont series. It's going to be racing, you know, or doing border cross. Um, <clears throat> that's why it's so cool to see Noah because Noah isn't from Vermont. And, I mean, he goes to SMS now. Um, but – but yeah, like the kid, you know, he was a city kid and he just throws down and, and is such a good kid and so disciplined and, you know, it's how he's making a way for himself, how, how he wants to do it. But he always, you know, he, he had to go up against those local kids just like I had, had to do, you know, and uh, really prove his worth out there. It's hard. We're going to get into uh, another Patreon question because we were kind of talking Bomb World Cup. This pertains to Bomb World Cup. Uh, this is from, from Patreon member Jimmy Van Buren. <laughs> Uh, you were electric on the mic at Bombhole Cup for two days of mayhem. I have two questions. One, what do you do to get in the zone to bring that kind of energy and stallion-like stamina to the MC? And two, what stands out to you as highlights from those two wild days holding court at the base of Millie? Stallion-like stamina. Stallion-like Damn. stamina. Put that on the what on a the good uh, horse. What yeah. a good horse, dude. I can get right out of the stable and get after it. Not um, non-self-proclaimed stallion-like stamina. You know what's funny? Because I think about that too. Like, like sometimes I'm, when I'm leaving the house, for example, I'm like, all right, how, how's it going to go today? You know, and you know, you don't know. Just norm, normal day. You know, you have your breakfast, you have your coffee, you boot up, and you go out. But then as soon as the mic. You know, it gets in my hand. I don't know how to get possessed. You get possessed. It's like this thing, dude. It's like, oh man, now I got the mic and I got like a voice and I could I can get after it. And I also feed off of everyone else's energy. You know, you see the look around people around you and they're all stoked and fired up. It's like that ramps me up more. It just makes me wanna, you know, start mm. off slow and then all of a sudden you're hitting fifth gear and you're <laughs> Dude, you oh. and Todd Richards together, it is like dude, my stomach was dude. fucked up from la- like I had didn't done an ab workout. Dude, he's hilarious. <laughs> like we were going back and forth too. Like I was feeding off his energy, and like he would be firing off a joke, and then I would reply with that one. And yeah, you know, and that's like what makes it. You know, that's how you really get in the zone for sure. Yeah, he's a banter god. And then part two <laughs> of his question uh, was, what was, what stands out as a highlight for you of those two days? Stand out from those two days. Well, aside from the cuisine. At the bomb hole house. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. That was, food was delicious. Um, I'd have to say the split board race. <laughs> <laughs> that was electric. <laughs> I mean, is that the first one ever? Right? No, no, no. We're, we cannot take. No, okay, that. okay. No, so no. not the first one ever, yeah. but it's the first Dirt one cheap. I've I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a standout, laugh out loud moment. Um, definitely, definitely funny to watch. And uh, yeah, between that and the limo, 
What about the guys at the top of the splitboard race when they were falling backwards and like pinballing? And like it was like a bowling ball. Like it was so, the course was so steep that they'd slide backwards and take, every, take uh, everybody else out. Carnage corner. Yeah, Carnage corner. <laughs> and, like, and then Bush is like, "I started that. That was my. I did that." <laughs> Bush like took full credit for that one. He was like, "Dude, I, I, that was me. I started that one. I, once I got to that point, I couldn't get up anymore. I couldn't go." Also, we were Dude, lighting up Hardbooter, and he won. Hardbooter took Dude. it. Oh, fig. I mean, talk about t- taking that hate and, and doing something with it. <laughs> like, we went in on this dude, and what did he do to respond to us? He freaking won the race. Yeah. <laughs> All we did was you guys want to hate on me? Go ahead. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> laughed everybody. And then Hardbooter took a casual approach at the beginning. You know, he didn't go out sprinting, and then nope. you just, he knew as soon as he made it to the top. Slow and steady. The tortoise in the hair. Yeah. Whereas Bush was like, uh, he, he, he looked like Usain Bolt had another game. Oh, dude, I never, <laughs> I've never seen anyone move that fast on a splitboard before. And then a couple people fr- flanked right too early, and they, they missed yeah. the turn. That yeah, yeah that was a good one, too. But yeah, very, very, that was fun. That, that Between the splitboard and the limo was definitely my highlights. You know what we should talk about? You know, we, we were derailed from surfing, but I was really liking how you were talking about, like, life of a pro snowboarder versus life of a pro surfer. It's fascinating to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Of how bad of a decision we made. <laughs> To pursue we this. really signed up for pain, torture, miserableness. <laughs> um, no, nah, like, you know, I, I was saying like the best job. I was, I was thinking like if you had to think of a really great job, uh, being a pro surfer is pretty great. You know, you get to travel around the world, surf perfect waves. Oh, no, I was saying like, you know, you're talking to your filmer. You're like, all right, well, we want to make a movie this year. All right, well, we're going to go to Hawaii. Then we're going to fly to Fiji and then uh, the Philippines and then back to Hawaii. And then we're going to catch a swell in California. And then we'll see what we got from there, what kind of clips. Whereas snowboarding, you're like, all right, we're going to make a movie. All right, we're going to go to um, Saskatchewan, Canada. <laughs> and then we're going to go to Norway after that. And then probably Finland. And then we're going to drop you off in the middle of Kazakhstan. <laughs> <laughs> and see how you boys do out there. Yeah. And if whoever makes it back, yeah, you got a part. It's like, and also, like, like, the spots, too. You're not, like, surfing, you just show up and ride a wave. Yeah. So when you're, like, getting kicked out because you're throwing snow on a sidewalk, somebody it's, just shoveled. Yeah, it's cold. You're getting kicked out. You're shoveling. It's freezing. You know, it's like surfing. You, know, you surf for two hours. You go on the beach, drink beer, hang out, relax, <laughs> go back out, surf a little bit, just get barreled. Surf perfect waves and beautiful warm water on the beach. Like, yeah, snowboarding is a big difference. Big <laughs> difference. <laughs> but hey, that's what makes us us, you know? Like, that's what makes <laughs> snowboarders tough as nails, dude. We're not soft by any means. You know, it's not easy. So, Joey, I'm going out to Brooklyn soon. I got to come to your bar. I want to yeah. rewind to that. Yeah. Like, tell me about that. I think you would be the most amazing bartender. It's a good time, you know? You got to give the people what they want, Yeah, you know? And uh, that requires just getting fired up, pouring pour up shots, doing whatever you got to do. Um, yeah, yeah, just come on out. I'll yeah. make sure you guys get taken care of. Yeah, yeah what's, the, what's the ticket to being a good bartender? I feel like you got yeah. it, but... Uh, faking the funk. Faking it till you make it. Like I always tell people, too, if they're just starting, 50% of bartending is making it look like you know what you're doing. You know, as soon as you look like you don't know what you're doing, the customer's like, oh, what's up with this guy? But if you just, <laughs> you could just be bashing shit over, breaking glasses, <laughs> whatever. But if you're cool and casual about it, yeah. it doesn't draw any red flags or any eyes. But as soon as you're like, oh, man, I'm sorry, I messed that up. They're like, oh, does this guy really know what he's doing? You just got to just fake it until you make it. Are um, you rolling the, the Joey B behind the bar? What's what's the vibe? You well, want Rangers I mean, jersey? Yeah, typically. I mean, I would have the jersey on for the games, and I will, like, in the fall when we started up again. Um, but, yeah, 
it gets too hot, I won't be, you know. And I also have to be careful because I do get, like, people that know me from the internet that come in. They're like, oh, shit, Joey B's working. And That's sick. It turns into a whole thing, but I embrace that. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's actually fun for me. What's up with the gong behind the desk, behind the uh, bar? The gong is just, that's the tool to get people ramped. So, like, you have, like, this, you know, you're getting fired up or whatever, and then somebody's like, dude, you know what? Pour me up 15 shots, and then they slap 100 down the bar, and I'm like, I don't want to smash the gong. Cause, you know, <laughs> like, everyone has, like, their little bell. But, like, yeah, I have a gong, and my knuckles are, in the summer, my knuckles are just swollen because I just punch <laughs> it with my hands because I don't want to take time to get the stick and bang it. So I just punch it with my <laughs> fist. These two knuckles will just be, like, extra, you know, swollen, but... If I was at that bar, I'd be fired up. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's what I want, yeah. Danny. That's what I want the customers to feel. You I smack gong, I'm I'm going back I'm go- to back shots. I'm going to the ATM. I'm taking all my money. I'm, I'm, give, I'm giving it to Joey B. <laughs> well, lucky for you, we have an ATM right at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> you can take out money all day, bro, and I'll be there smashing that gong. I've had people pay me just to hit the gong. Here's twenty bucks. Hit the gong. I'm like, dude, I don't know. It's it's seven thirty in Friday night. It's like dinner service. Like. Smash the gong. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the whole dining room turns around. It's like quiet. You can hear a pin drop, like French music playing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, ah, bang, smash the gong. And like, the whole dining room turns around like 20. 20, I'm sorry. <laughs> so where, where can someone get a drink if they want to come see you? Uh, well, if you, you want to throw it out there or no? I mean, yeah, you know, you come out to Montauk. I, okay. I work out in Montauk. Okay, okay. Um, you got to find me. All right. To say the least. Like um, yeah. But I'm out there and... Uh, very lucky to be out there. I love it. Right on the beach. And uh, yeah, it let me, gets me to surf and lets me work. Surf, Surfing, living, and working are all within like five miles of each other. So I ride my electric bike all summer. I don't really drive. And uh, cruise to work, cruise back, cruise to the beach. And uh, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good life for Sorry. sure. What are we talking on the e-bike? Uh, Parmesan wheels of cheese for the wheels or actual wheels? Yeah, I actually have like these thick pieces of Parmesan that I put between the spokes. So when I ride, it sounds like a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> And you get the scent while you're riding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then people follow the trail. They pick it up, eat it. I got birds following me, squirrels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parmesan seat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when you change gear, does charcuterie like, shoot out? Or yeah, no. It's like I open up the trunk. I get the trunk, and I got the charcuterie board laid yeah. out there. Yeah. But I told you, I, I am aiming for Parmesan wheels at one point. I do want to have all four Parmesan wheels on the whip. How you do in enterprises needs to take off. Yeah. You guys yeah. should sell charcuterie boards as well. Yeah, that's Same. something. To I would think like about. to purchase one. Consider one sold already. Okay. All right. Charcuterie boards noted. <clears throat> well, you live on the beach. You like surfing. You like snowboarding. All right. Be honest. Which one? It's a tough call, dude. It's you got to choose pick wisely. Snowboarding. Okay. All right. Hands down. Okay. Because. There's re- like, listen, surfing is beautiful and I love it and I, I love, but it's just so selfish. You know, it's very like, I'm out here for me. I'm not here with my boys. I mean, I go surfing with friends and then I don't even speak to them when I get in the water. <laughs> we get in the water. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this guy in an hour. Where the hell is he? Like, no, well, you're, you've been taking all these waves. I want to go over here and surf a wave. Or your best friend drops in on you and you know, you, you he messes up your wave. You're kind of pissed, even though that's your boy. You're like, ah, oh, man, you know, because... Now you're getting worked on the inside. You got to paddle back out. There's no chairlift, you know? I always make that joke when I'm in the lineup, too, and I'm paddling my ass. I'm like, where's the chairlift? Because, like, <laughs> it's so much work, dude, for, like, five waves in two hours. And you paddled your ass off. You're exhausted. Whereas snowboarding, you, surf, you can snowboard from nine to four and still have enough energy to go to work after. You surf for two hours, you're wiped. Um, <clears throat> but also, like, snowboarding, you're on the chair with your homies, 
you're hooting and hollering. Uh, it's just way more communal and it's just way more of an event. Um, so yeah, snowboarding for sure. Mm, yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Powder though. I'd have to be riding pow. Can't just be like snowboarding. <laughs> like, good snowboarding. Powder prison snowboarding. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good time in the show to maybe hit a smelling salt to keep things going. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. It's always a good, the it's always Someone toss me a salt over here. Oh, Chris, it's always oh. good to time to have a... It is. Oh, that was strong. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the gong. That was like a gong show. Oh, man. These ones are strong, dude. Oh, I did mm. it by mouth. These friends came from Colombia, this new batch. <laughs> dude, this one. Dude, that, that clip I sent you with the guy in the, in the, on the bench in the hockey game yeah. where he's like... Dude, you want if you're if you're interested in like yeah, what dude, what my direct messages are on Instagram, say it's about ninety percent videos of hockey players doing smelling salts getting sent to me. Yeah, incredible. And then the other ten percent is uh recommendations of who we should have on the podcast. That's pretty much that's it. That's my that's my that is solid, my direct message. Solid intel right there. Yeah. Brings a tear to my eye. Yeah, it does, dude. Yeah, Danny hits him good where he starts tearing up. Yeah. He gets really red, his whole, <laughs> his whole body turns red, like straight He's up, like, lobstered up. Like, his neck turns red. You know, he, Either he just got a really sad text message or he whacked a smell. <laughs> <laughs> he bottles those things up and puts them in. We get them in a big, big bag, bottle them up. Mm-hmm. Stickers them up, sends them out. So it's a hand-done operation. Is there a, do you get like a, a, not an immunity, but like a tolerance? Would you say, or is no, it just, it's, it's the same uh, one, just like the first one you whacked? No, it's it. You're not you're never chasing that first one. It's the same thing. It's every the time. same thing every time. <laughs> it's right? yeah. It doesn't like yeah. You know, it's it's almost like uh, you become a connoisseur of the smelling salts when you do so many. You know when the, you hit a good one and you have a bad one. You know, because some some potency varies at times. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how mm-hmm. it works, but it feels like potency varies. On that mm-hmm. note, the uh, the batch we just got is very potent. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I'll take two cases. Yep. <laughs> Danny Danny basically wires. Why don't you walk him through the process, Dan, of how you get these things? It's fascinating. Uh, I, I kind of forget how it ca- how we came in contact with it, but I, I got in touch with a gentleman from New York City uh, named Johnny. No doubt, Johnny. <laughs> and uh, we basically talk through WhatsApp, and then I tell him how much we want, and then we wire him you know, $10,000 or whatever it is. <laughs> we kind of just keep our fingers crossed and hope the salts show up, dude. Yeah. You, you got me at WhatsApp, dude. That's about as sketchy of a communication of devices you could possibly use. Untrackable, untraceable. Yeah, it's like, it says right there, like, encrypted messages. Like, you cannot... I yeah. asked for a tracking number on this last batch. He just left me on red. Yeah, you know? like, like, yeah, oh, yeah number one, tra- track this, bro. Track this. Thanks for the 10000 <laughs> He's surfing with Joe, Johnny B. Dentler down in next. <laughs> Yeah, and that's they, incredible. They, they did show up. The, the latest batch showed up. Johnny's yep. our boy. Yep. And you wheel a deal with Price too. He's wheeling a deal. We'll yeah, do this. Yeah, for no, this, we're negotiating this. it. Yeah, it's a full. I mean, that's the key couple thousand dollars. You knock five cents dude, off. That's, you know? New York, that's New York. That's New York in a nutshell, dude. Haggle. Yeah. I want to yeah. hear about <laughs> what do you got for haggle techniques? That's a yeah. good point. Chinatown. Yeah, go straight down to Chinatown. Try to buy a fake Rolex. They want thirty for it. Tell them you want. Tell them you give them twenty. So you, what do you? Yeah, what's the percentage? You, they say thirty to ten. You like half. Well, half. you just kind of haggle to the price that you're willing to pay. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you have your bottom line and he has his. Yeah. You know, and you yeah. got to fucking you got to meet somewhere in the middle. I right. think. You know? <laughs> right. And if not, you walk away, and then you go right down two doors over, and you got the guy got the same thing the other guy has. You know, yeah. it's so anything kind of like street item you can haggle for in New York. You can't haggle for a slice of pizza. No, no, no. If it's an actual establishment, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the haggling is hard. But if yeah. it's like a street vendor, yeah, yeah, you're open to haggle. It might be one of the only cities in America you can haggle. 
Yeah. I mean, Left. dude, I, I go to the local farmer's market and I'm talking haggle people. Like, oh, 25 <laughs> for that case of pasta. Some like, mellow hippie. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, shit. It's like, these are organic. I'll go for it. I'm like, dude, listen, you and I both know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pay more than 10 bucks for that box. I'll give you, I'll give you 15. <laughs> I'll give you 15, but I'm not giving you 30. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I know how much a dozen egg costs. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I know, like you know, you got inflation and uh, you know supply chain issues. But come on, for real, who, who are you kidding? That's so dumb. Yeah. You, you know what I was thinking about when you're talking about surfing versus uh, snowboarding as well is, uh, uh, you know, surfing like you're paddling, you're getting cut, you're getting strong. You're like if you surf all summer, you're like. Your, like, whole up chest is built. Your arms are built. You're tan. Like, snowboarding, like, it, you don't really get any exercise. Like, you almost need to be, like, a little bit fat to, like, deal with the cold. Yeah, you got to have a layer on you. You got to have a layer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you work on that. Yeah, like, yeah, you start working on that in the holidays, and it carries you all the way through yeah. the winter. You know, Thanksgiving, it starts. Yeah. Keep going. Don't work out. <laughs> Maybe stretch a little bit. Don't work out, though. And then just keep that going until spring, and then... You know, it's time for the shirt to come off on the beach. You start questioning yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. did I do here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a different yeah, it's a different vibe. I mean, there's this exercise there. I mean, I know, dude, when I come here, like, the hiking and being winded, like, it's, you got to have some good endurance. Like, seeing some of these guys go out on splits and it's, um, it's a lot of work for sure. Like, that's definitely a, a workout. Mm-hmm. And it's nice, like, when you have the balance. You have surfing in the summer, so you got all that upper body workout. And then in the, summer t- in the wintertime, you got the leg workout. Mm-hmm. And if you're riding a lot of powder, it's just one leg. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your, your back leg is, like, cooked, you know. It's like, I think I saw a meme one time. And it was, like, a guy, like, his right leg or his, like, it was, like, his tree trunk, you know. And his left leg was, like, a chopstick. It's like, dude, that's, I've been riding powder for 60 days. <laughs> that's so sick. <laughs> Something like that. It's so That's ridiculous. Shit you see on the internet. If so anything, ridiculous. for me, it's like the surfing, you get strong. Snowboarding, you just beat the shit out of yourself. Like, at the end of the yeah. year, you're just like, your arms are falling mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Your mm-hmm. knees, like, melt. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Knees cooked. Brutal. I'd like yeah. to catch a, t- a tan one of these days. Yeah. Well, Maybe you're going to get surfing. Well, judging from what I see right now, you're going to catch a burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to catch a burn first, and then it, it, it grows into a tan. It's a base burn? Yeah. I always tell people, everyone's like, oh, no, put on sunblock. No. Go out, get as roasted as possible, and then you slowly work yourself up to the tan. But yeah. if you're always putting on sunblock, the tan doesn't really mm-hmm. fall in. But Dan seems like he goes more like glue stick white to just like lobster red. <laughs> it's, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. But then when you touch my body, it goes back to glue stick goes white for a second. Yeah. Exactly. He's kind of like, he's kind of like a smelling salt. He's like, <laughs> he starts off white and that's right. <laughs> Let's try to crack it. <laughs> He is. Well said. Tan Man Dan. The human smelling salt. <laughs> Danny Spadero. <laughs> Tan Man Dan. Yeah. TMD. That was actually my, my nickname, and uh, I lived in the Jersey Shore for a little bit. They called me Tan Dan. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan's actually, a lot of stuff happens behind the scenes. He, uh, he's had some issues this year uh, with clogging the toilet, actually, <laughs> which uh, we haven't really publicly shared. Uh, but yeah, he's had a two major toilet clogs uh, that have resulted in water coming up through the floor. Mm-hmm. It's Ooh. true, and I get no help. I just get ridiculed. <laughs> well, yeah, you get evacuation. Everyone's running out of the building. <laughs> yep, guys, the toilet's clogged, and then everyone's just like, "Danny did it again!" <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we're not talking just a normal clog. We're talking like liquid coming up out of the drain in the floor. I've never wow. seen anything like. Yeah, no, it was disgusting. Oh, dude. <laughs> Just dropping. What kind of appetite you on? <laughs> you dropping like, that you salt probi- lake appetite? Probiotics. Dude. <laughs> yeah. 
Jeez. <laughs> well, I think a little a little too much Parmesan gets a little clog, clogged up. Yeah, well, cheese, cheese will definitely bound you up. Yeah. Cheese will definitely, you definitely want to go it's, easy on the cheese. Yeah, it's like the Hoover Dam once that thing breaks. It's just like a... It starts coming out of the floor. Storm. Yeah, like, like I always see like vegans and vegetarians. They eat a lot of cheese or like or like this certain type of cheese that's like veg, like vegetarian or whatever. And I'm like, they got to be pretty bound up, man. They need like half a block of cheddar. Like, like where's that going? Like, I worked at this barbecue restaurant once, and like the dishwasher, right? Like, so there's mad cheese on the on all these dishes at this barbecue joint. They got like all different types of cheese on shit. And the dishwasher cleans all the dishes or whatever, and all the waste from all the food goes out through a drain. And at the end of the day, they got to, like, pl- dump this chemical down to, like, clear the drain out. It's like Drano, but, like, industrial for restaurants. And one day, the, the drain just wouldn't unclog. It's like, yo, what is up with this drain? Like, we've been pouring chemicals goes down here since last night. still not draining. So they had to go in and, like, pull the trap up to see what's in it. And when they pull the trap up, it's just all cheese. Ooh. Like, not even the strongest cle- drain-cleaning chemicals in the world could break down this cheese. And I, ever since then, I've just, like, thought differently about cheese. I was like, I don't know. Like, is it, is, is it staying in me? Like, is it going out? Like, where's the cheese going? Because... In the drains, it's stuck in the, it's stuck in the drain trap. Like it's not going anywhere. And this guy's pouring cyanide on it. It's not going. It's not going anywhere. Like let's figure this out. So yeah, I think differently of cheese these days. Yeah. Of but not parmesan. Parmesan, I could eat that whole block and be yeah. fine. Especially a five year like that. Yeah. The parmesan. They actually the reason, like parmesan came about because these Benedictine monks in Italy were producing so much milk from all the farm, from the cows and stuff, that they had to figure out a way to store the milk. And as they stored the milk, it turned into cheese. And that's ultimately how they became, how, how Parmesan came about in Campania, Italy. But the Reggiano, Parma Reggiano area of Italy, that's ultimately, it was a milk surplus. And they mm. had to figure out a way to store it and save it. And that's how Parmesan came about. But Got cheesed up. Yeah, cheesed. It's like, dude. Mm-hmm. It's Coagulated, like, if mm-hmm, you will. Mm-hmm. It's like gold. Gold in Italy supports a lot of local economy out there. Different. And we just <laughs> look at that cheese. I mean, it's beautiful. It's it's, it's it's just, beautiful. I can't stop looking at it. Like, look at how, like, that thing's like almost. We should maybe fr- should we frame it and put it in, the, in like a yeah on mean, the wall. Well, I was getting a weird vibe across the table because I thought you were giving me like the lovey eyes. Yeah, no, you've just <laughs> no I'm just at staring at staring <laughs> okay, at that real. Cool. I'm and also that relaxed. rind, like people throw out the rinds to their cheeses. You should always save the rind if you're gonna make a sauce because you throw the sauce, you throw the rinds into the sauce. And oh, that's uh, a good tech. Yeah, yeah. Save that's your dope. save your rinds. Definitely. You guys uh, have t- typical Italian family like uh, clean plate club. You got to you got to eat what's put in front of you. Usually, yeah, yeah. I mean, like my, my grandmother. She she will be at the table for two hours if she has to. There will not be a piece of f- food left on her plate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, kids these days they have to they would eat half and they're like, I'm full, I'm done. But like, yeah, ultimately, you you only take what you can eat too. You don't have like eyes bigger than your stomach kind of thing. You know, you kind of just like take what you want. If you want more, you could always go back and get more. But like, don't make it a habit of like piling your plate up with food unless you're in Vegas at like an all you can eat buffet. But like, yeah, you just kind of want to take what you want, what you think you can consume. Try to consume that, and if you're still hungry, go back for seconds. It seems like Italians got a, like a big emphasis on family. Yeah, like that's that's like the, all the Italians I grew up with. They just like family was like super super important. Yeah, it's a fucking great trait. Family is everything, man. You only get one, you know. So treat it, treat it with uh, respect and love, and care for one another, and do the right thing, and have each other's backs, and that'll be it, you know. They'll be there. For, they'll be there forever. So <laughs> they ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. 
So speaking of family, I heard, um, actually, well, when I was speaking with you months ago, planning this thing, but that you mentioned that your brother had passed away. I wonder if you wanted to touch on that. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Stretch. That's my brother. He's the man. Should we and, give him the uh, super air horn? 100%. Let me find it real quick. Okay. Let's go. Stretch boogie. Yep, yep. That's the man right there, my brother. Uh, he he got me into snowboarding. Older brother. There's a lot of... I've noticed, too, on this podcast, like listening, that a lot of other older brothers have gotten their younger brothers into snowboarding, and I passed that down to my little brother. Um, but, yeah, he's... He loved snowboarding through and through, man. Uh, his life was cut short, unfortunately. And, um, you know, he just, he, he, he loved snowboarding. Like, it just was always at the forefront of his mind. And, uh, he, you know, he, he suffered from addiction, unfortunately. And uh, one of the things that always stuck with me was, like, he would always say how when he was riding down the mountain, it's all he was thinking about at that time. You know, he was always like, you know, it's the only time I'm not, like, thinking about my student loans or paying rent or my actual problem that I have. Um, he just was always saying how like that was the only time he really ever felt free. Um, so I've always kind of carried that with me and it makes sense. Like, you know, when you're bombing down a hill and you're, you're cruising and you're riding pow and, or you're just riding a groomer and you're going fast. It's like, that's all you're thinking about. You're not thinking about, Oh shit, I got something to do later. You're like, you know, and I think that's helpful. I think, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that having that, having that out, I mean, I know for me especially, like, surfing, snowboarding have made me a good boy, you know? Like, kept me good. Not, uh, it's always given me something to do, given me something to look forward to, look forward to the seasons changing. Uh, you know, just having that passion to, to go outside and have fun and not be indoors and reclusive or, uh, you know keeps you in touch with people, keeps you in touch with the friends that you do it with. Um, yeah, I just wish he was still here. Um, it's, it's sad, but it's crazy because he watched, he, he came to the How You Doing premiere and, uh, you know, he looked at me and was like, you've taken everything that I've given you and, you know, like made it something. So it's important. Sticks with me for sure. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it hits hard, but I'm so happy he was here there for that. And then, you know, after that, things started happening for me. You know, like, 2015 was when How You Do the Movie came out, but then, like, you know, that's when I started getting contracts with Hunter. I started getting invited to places, and, uh, you know, like, my snowboarding started to grow. So I can't help but think that maybe, you know, he took part in that in some way, for sure. So, 100%. Yeah, yeah, awesome. He's uh, he's definitely an angel out there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And, um, you know, like I said, you got family, you only get one. So keep them close, for mm -hmm. sure. Definitely. Absolutely. Rest in peace, Bobby Stretch. And I actually have something to leave here. Um, that was his. We had like these memorial bracelets made, and uh, I want to just leave one here because you know he's definitely here in the booth with me. So for sure. Ooh, fuck yeah. So love you, Bob. Shout out, Bobby. Love you. Yeah. Bob. I'm sure he's so proud looking down too. I'm sure he's mm -hmm. fucking hyped. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred hundred percent. Love but that. Le say no to drugs, kids. Don't be an idiot. You know. Don't. Uh, don't let those stupid fucking things cut your life short because life is worth living for sure. So, Wise words. Wise words. And thank God, you know, he introduced you into to snowboarding and <coughs> fucking the community that it's brought you to. It's like, goddamn, dude. Dude, I'll never forget. Like, he went, I'll never forget the day I learned. 
Like we were at Vernon Valley, Great Gorge, Jersey, which is now Mountain Creek. It's where I learned to board. It's where I learned to connect turns. Like I learned to board on the Cold Spring Harbor Golf Course, but like where I learned to connect turns was in Jersey at at Vernon Valley, and I'll never forget him being behind me, like heel toe, <laughs> screaming like heel toe, you know, and just like that. That even though that was when I was twelve, mm-hmm. you know, like twenty eight years ago, and it's still as clear as day right now. Like I can hear it. It's crazy. So yeah, he told me, he gave me, showed me the ropes, you know, and then he moved out to Colorado for a while and. uh he loved it out there, man. He loved it. it uh, he loved riding powder, for sure. It was his thing. Freshies for life. That's what we'd always say. So that's is that where Freshies Media came from? Freshies came from like yeah, like our little like household crew, you know, like uh, like uh, we had Freshies Media, which is like my email, but it was like our filming uh, circuit at the time. We would make videos and call. You know, Freshies Media was the production company. Um, not even a company, just. Our, our imagination of a production company. <laughs> we weren't actually a legit <laughs> production company. But yeah, like uh, Freshies Media was our thing and Freshies was like always a term that we used for Fresh Pal. I mean, everyone uses that. And uh, yeah, he would always say Freshies for life because, you know, for him, it was just all about riding powder. Mm-hmm. And he loved powder prison. He had he had his share of powder prison days of it, like Keystone and shit. And like, he'd always be like, oh, I'm stuck up here. There's nobody here. And it just snowed two feet. Uh, so... Hence, you know, getting stuck up here, uh, you know, a month ago, being like, holy shit, like, this is, like, we were the only ones on the mountain that day. Like, that Monday, no, the Monday we had powder prison, then the next day they closed the road in the morning, so we had, we had Brighton, we stayed up at Brighton, we had Brighton to ourselves until, like, noon. Like, we were riding Millie with nobody else getting online for probably three hours, and it was just, like, incredible. Unreal. Oh, my God. You know, and then that day that the I was supposed to do the pod, the day before the pod where they closed the road, it was like a bluebird, but the mountain was closed. So we mm-hmm. went for a nice little hike and just, um, you know, built a little popper off a cliff and just spent the day in the woods. But, but yeah, powder prison is that's a sentence I'm willing to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever, no problem. <laughs> you know? Now earlier I was just doing a little bit of math, and you noticed I learned how to link turns together when I was twelve. That was twenty eight years ago. So I, I'm just getting give or take, I, just allegedly 40 years old. I just want to highlight the fact that, like, you know, we are adult males that are, like, mid-late 30s. Mikey's even older, you know, 40s, whatever. And, like, you're, like, waxing your snowboard with, like, a, pe- a loaf of bread and Parmesan <laughs> and yeah. a Rangers jersey and, like, that's fucking nailing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think, like, what kills, I, mean, I, I really think, like, snowboarding, it, like, keeps you young, and some might look at it as immature, but it's like, we're still having fun, and right. that's what keeps you young, right? Yeah. And that's 100%. amazing. 100%, dude. That's, you know, it's a lifestyle. Like, all of us, you know? Yeah, I just turned 40 this year, and, like, it was like, holy shit, I'm 40, you know? But, like, at the same time, I'm like, oh, 40. Whatever you know, like just another year. Mikey's fifty. He's yeah. cracking eyes off of twenty yes. foot cliffs. Like, <laughs> it's like you know, it's all good, you know. Yeah. And it's like we're so lucky, you know. It's like doesn't I, I hate when people put a cap on mm-hmm. things. Like oh you, you know, oh you're forty. Like you shouldn't be snowboarding. It's like what do you mean? Why not? I just snowboarded with a guy who was sixty five. He's killing it. Loves life. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's, he has a job. And, you know. He provides for himself. But mm-hmm. his passion is snowboarding. And like 
that might prevent him from going to the bar after work. Maybe he's thinking about getting up more early on Saturday morning instead of going out Friday night and getting whacked. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it, it. You know, there's no. I hate caps, dude. Don't put a cap. No cap. You know, like just go and go. And like, if your body's telling you to slow down, then slow down. Or get in the gym, work mm-hmm. out, stretch. Uh, you know, change your diet. Like, you know that. I, I'm around people all the time that make excuses. Like, oh, I can't, dude. I don't want to. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, you can if you want to, you know. Like, I've always made it a thing to never miss a season. Even when I tore my ACL, I got surgery in October. And I was back on snow by the end of February. Yeah. Not leaving the ground. But I was like, dude, I can't miss a season. I can't miss a season. So 28, minute, 28 years straight of just hard ice coast. <laughs> <laughs> Back breaking knee busting snow, you know. And, uh, yeah, no cap. I like actually what Todd said because someone was like, when Todd put out that clip of him doing the line at Mammoth and he did like the front three and the cab five and the back one or whatever, people were like commenting, uh, still got it. And he's like, I never lost it. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, For you know, sure, like, sure he's hasn't. like, he said it on the Monday Mass. He was like, dude, I just hate when people say still got it. Yeah. He's like, you know, just, he's like, I've been chucking fives and threes forever. And it's because I didn't stop doing that mm-hmm. that I can still do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So something to look forward to. Yeah. Some kid DM'd me this morning. He's like, you're 50. You're so old. And I'm like, I don't even think about age. Like, just do stuff. No. Like, like the sports. second you start labeling where you're at is when you're going backwards, yeah. you know? And then also doing it. Yeah, like I, just like, do it. A body in motion stays in motion. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you become stagnant, you will become stagnant. Yeah. You know, like, you, you know what I like to say? The motion is the lotion. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. And then if you drink a pint of olive oil on top of that, <laughs> then you're greased. You're going to be 125 <laughs> years old. Exactly. <laughs> Mike's going to be 100 at the top of <laughs> Killer Cliff at Brighton. Really? Yeah. Drop it. Yeah. And Sepultura. You need metal. You need heavy metal, in my experience. Mm. Heavy metal. Yeah, dude. Whatever feels the yeah, fire. Whatever goes. Just don't let the for fire For you, go it's out. olive oil. For me, it's metal. That's mm. it. Any other pointers, Mike? Tricks no. in the trade. Well, good. He nailed them. All like, well. He nailed it. It's like be with people that are motivating to go with, have a community, eat well. Those are the mm-hmm. big dogs right mm-hmm. there. Keep it moving. Yeah. You, keeping it moving is another good one in terms of like the motion is the lotion as well. Is even, it's like this, it's like when you're sore, sometimes you don't want to do stuff because you're sore. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually get moving, you, the motion is the lotion, and you work through the soreness. It's like yeah. if you were to sit all day in your soreness, you'd be more sore. But if you get up and you get moving. Yeah, it's like a physical form of, uh, if you just sit around, it's like a physical form of, like, you know, being stagnant. Atrophy. You know? Yeah, it's just like, yeah. yeah. They say after your long, hard day of snowboarding, go for a walk 30 minutes or ride the bike for 30 minutes just to keep it moving for sure. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, how many times you've woken up and been like, oh, my God, I'm so sore. But yeah. you have to go back on the hill yeah. or something. And then by th- by by noon you're like you don't even remember. you don't yeah you're yeah. you already, yeah. you already forgot yeah. about it yeah. <laughs> forget I, about it I usually just I get the what I do is I get the olive oil IV bags mm-hmm. those I, work I inject that yeah. that's, that's, and that's a pro tip <laughs> yes pro I do the eye drops too I, yes. eye drops yes um, <laughs> olive oil but eye yeah drops. keep moving and like yeah like going off of that I want to speak about my boy Haynes because he was he is mental like he could do anything he would he would work all day and ride his bike after work 100 miles and like just his whole life he always is he was always putting himself past his abilities and then he sustained a really bad <clears throat> brain injury mm. something that nobody 
should ever survive. Like if I could show you guys what this kid fell down, um, you know, it's it's absolutely baffling to me that he survived. But after the whole thing passed and I thought about how he lived his life prior to that accident, I was like, he's been training for this his whole mm-hmm. life. Like we always thought like it was crazy that he was, you know, he would go into work early, leave late, get on a bike, ride 100 miles, go home, make dinner, and then get on an exercise bike and watch a Rangers game. I'm like, dude, this kid's <laughs> a freak. And then he took the f- the worst fall a human being could possibly ever take. He went down about 1,500 feet down a frozen, a frozen waterfall. And uh, really banged himself up good. Uh, this was my first e- experience with uh, traumatic brain injury. And, um, dude, he... Just did a kick. I just watched him do a kickflip yesterday on Instagram, and I'm like, holy wow. fuck, wow. dude. To think about where – this was in 2018. So to think about the the leaps and bounds that one can make and how your body can really come back, um, especially your brain too. <clears throat> I, I always knew about body injuries, but I never, under, I never could understand the brain injury thing. Mm-hmm. And then I saw it firsthand, and uh, yeah. I mean, when we went in to rescue this kid, I – I thought we were going to recover our homie that was passed away. Like, I was like, we're not going to recover him. We're going to recover a body. Um, I think the natural path of the way the slope was, I kind of had an idea of where he was going to be, and I assumed he would have been, like, in the trees or the woods. Like, there's this little island on the slides. This is at Whiteface. Um, there's in the backcountry area. And um, kind of figured he would have been up there. But he was like, we went in the, the slide-out area. So, like, the, the part where you would normally exit the backcountry, we – we walked up that and uh, did the rescue ourselves. We assembled the crew, and it's really a crazy situation, but assembled the crew, got a headboard. This was, this was after the mountains closed, and uh, we got a headboard and the AED machine and hiked all this equipment up a frozen waterfall and thinking that he was going to be way up, and he ended up being maybe 150 yards from where the entrance of the slide is. And uh, he was breathing, but severely banged up, and um, <clears throat> we were able to get him on this headboard and save his life ultimately. And like, by the time we got out of the slide, ski patrol had to come from home and everything. Cause as soon as the accident, as soon as he slid off this ridge, he just started sliding. And we knew that like, it, it, that was it. We, we, there was no way we were going to go in and get him from the top. So we had to ride down and around and back in. And there were some people that were there that weren't necessarily supposed to be there, but they were there and they played such a pivotal role in his rescue. Um, <clears throat> these guys were like tr- first aid trained kind of, and they were on, um, one was on skis and one had a split. So they were able to, they were able to get that ski patrol sled. I don't know if you guys have ever carried one of those ski patrol mm-hmm. sleds, but they're freaking heavy. Like you don't, you don't think they're as heavy as they are. And they're only meant to go downhill. So when you're going uphill, like it was like against the green with the rails underneath them and shit. But yeah, these guys that were there played a pivotal role in like rescuing him. And then just every single person that was there had a role. And, uh, you know, my boy called the DEC, he called the police. Uh, the mountain was closed, so the ski patrol had to come from home. Ended up rescuing him, um, getting him on the headboard, <clears throat> and coming out of the trail. And right as we were coming out of the trail back onto the resort, ski patrol was coming up in the snowcat and, like, jumped out, and then, boom, cut his shirt open, and they did their thing. And they said, like, listen, like, if, if they would have had to do what we did, there would have been too much time in between. Mm-hmm. Like, the second he went over that ridge and was disappeared, we knew that we – we were going to go to the bottom and try to rescue him. So we, we, you know, when we got him down there and rescued him and got him on the hill, got him off the hill right to the ski patrol and ski patrol took him down and down to the hospital. And the, the uphill battle began from there. But dude, like, you know, when you see somebody in that state, you know, uh, not knowing what's going to happen and then you see recovery and like, he just got married this past year and like, 
uh, it's, it's truly amazing that like your body can recover. And like, so yeah, just, I always joke like, dude, he was training for that his whole life. You know, he was really, nobody else could have survived that but him. And, uh, yeah, dude, it was crazy, but you know, he was, he was one of those kids, freaks riding the bike at eight o'clock at night, watching a Rangers game. It's like, <laughs> shout out it. John Haynes. I know you're going to listen to this episode. I love you, buddy. Yeah. You're legendary. You're, yeah. Right. That's you're incredible. Absolute legend. Absolute X on the ice coast, tremendous snowboarder and absolute amazing human. And, uh, I'm proud of you, buddy. Killing it. Peace, awesome. buddy. Good looks on you guys saving his no life, doubt. man. It's really special. Those stories are also really special, and and uh, good recommendations for anybody listening. Like those those first aid courses and those mm -hmm. av avi courses, great for giving you a little confidence in situations like that. And absolutely, and you guys were able to handle that. And a couple of those guys ended up doing like the um, the wilderness after woofers, that. The woofers, yeah, yeah, like after that experience, yeah. they they got their wilderness training because mm -hmm. they I I I I had to leave. I couldn't stay up there anymore. Yeah. So. I went back down to Long Island, and a couple yeah. of the guys that stayed up there got their wilderness training, mm -hmm. and because uh, they're in there all the time still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, um, a really resilient homie, and uh, just super talented too. Amazing snowboarder. How long has it been since then? In, in uh, he got hurt in 2018. Okay, cool. Three, and four years later, four years later. Yeah, yeah, and I just watched I've, him, dude. Dude, he did nollie, nollie 50 on a slabby curb. So he's nollie 50ing, which was like crazy, and then the kickflip, which I was pretty impressed by. But what's also impressive is like he had like a unique style, like what he would do with his hands and shit when you, and like that's still there, you know, like he never, he didn't lose that. It's not like he started from scratch. It's like that whole, like the mannerisms of how you skate and shit, like came right back to him. So it's cool to see, even with snowboarding. So, um, yeah. So shout out to Haynes and that, whole, that whole scenario is a life changing scenario for sure. And, and shout out to his wife too. Cause she's, uh, she's a saint. Um, Maris, she, uh, stuck by his side and and really got him back to where he's at now for sure so she's a saint all right joey b well let's get into hot takes how you feel about that I'm running hot baby let's go <laughs> all right uh hot, so for hot takes uh we'd like to start off with this is kind of as it pertains to you your version uh the michael jordan or goat both male and female to you <sighs> i've given this one a lot of thought chris and a lot of thought. And I have like it's hard because I, I have like my like relatable goat and then I have like the out of this world goat. Like somebody that's like you can't even relate. So it's like it's it's a tricky one. Um but I'm gonna have to say male relatable wise, Scotty Stevens. Wow. Sure. Love that. Yeah. And uh I'm gonna have to say female Jamie Anderson. Just uh she's she's a certified goat. She's doing it for U sure. USDA inspector, Incredible. certified. Yeah. USDA and Scotty too. Like, how many MBDs does he probably have? And uh, <clears throat> you know, you put that guy anywhere and he makes something fun. And like for me, being Long Island shit, like seeing him jib a tire, you're like, oh, he's you can do that. You can hang in the backyard. You could bounce off of a a bed that's on the knuckle or whatever. All the props <laughs> and shit that he's used and uh, a bed on the so, hump actually. It's on the yeah, hump. Scotty's a goat for sure. Okay, would you view snowboarding as an art form or a sport? Well, I think if you're getting judged, it's, it's a tricky one, but I'm, I'm going with sport. And I think that how you play the sport is your art. Um, I think how you, how you treat it, um, you know, because it is a sport. It's in the Olympics. And there's not art is in the Olympics, but sports are. And some, <laughs> so, you know, some would be against that. Some aren't, and some might hate it. But like, I like listen, it. dude, it's it's art. Like, if you're gonna go out and ride powder on your own, and nobody's judging you or telling you what to do or scoring you, that's art. 
But if you're crossing a finish line or you have a judge telling you you got a 7.5 on that jump, that's that's a sport. You know, you got somebody telling you where you're, where you're What was at. the Tom Brady analogy you used? Oh, I said Tom Brady plays sports. He's an athlete. He plays football. But the way he throws the football is his art. That's, yeah. you know. That's profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That should be in a book of stoicism. <laughs> and I also think that, like, should be if, you, religion. if you consider snowboarding a sport, <laughs> yeah, it should be. I mean, look, he's right there staring at me. Brady, what do you think? What do you think about that? Touchdown, Tommy. Oh, there he is. Hey, Tom. He's yeah. looking right at you, yeah. too. It's yeah. kind of so, awkward. You know, that's his, that's the, the way he plays football is his art, but the football itself is a sport. And I think that snowboarding being a sport is, like, going to help it grow. I think that we just we touched on that before. Like snowboarding is so small, but sports are huge. So the more you can branch out, the more people you can reach, uh, the better it is for snowboarding. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Also, Tom Brady when he's in the pocket and he has to scramble, and he's the slowest human being on planet Earth. Also an art. Mm-hmm. It's also an art. Yeah. Yeah. Big oh time. yeah, for sure. Sorry to derail that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's the most underrated? Who's the most underrated? Who you got? Uh, female. I'm gonna go Mary Rand. Dope. Mary Rand is severely underrated. Going from Yagu Valley to where she's at now is Sick. incredible to see. And for male, I'm going to say Jock, Johnny O'Connor. Nice. Great answer. Although he's, he is, you know, he's a pro. He's I the best agree. at he's what he does. He's still underrated. Though. But he's still underrated. Yeah. And for snowboarding and then also what he does off snow, he's, uh, he's a big community guy. He works his ass off at his family business. He's saving that business. He's involved in the community at Wyndham. He puts Wyndham on his back. He's got his own contest. He works with Shred Foundation. He works with Hoods of the Woods. Uh, he works with the adaptive program and disabled kids at Wyndham. And uh, he really gives back a lot. So I think that's also like underrated about his character and what he does in snowboarding, aside from him being an absolute beast on a snowboard. Uh, yeah, off, off, off mountain, he's still giving back. So Jack, for sure. Great answer. Love it. Steel or powder? Powder. <laughs> powder? Parmesan, baby. I knew he was going to say powder. <laughs> Parmesan. Parmesan powder prison. Lock me up. Throw away the key, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Dude. Parmesan. I mean, I love the streets and I love building spots and hanging with the crew and the banter. Um, but I feel like those days are kind of passing me at this point. So, yeah. I don't want to say I'm disappointed, but um, okay. <laughs> best style ever. Who you got? Steel, Keegan Vileka. Dope. For sure. And uh, Powder, I'm going to say Kevin Backstrom. I don't know. You know, Backstrom, he gets like these sick butter moves and like does this crazy shit on the resort, off the resort, and his kits are always fire. He's always like kitted (laughs) out very well, you know? So I'm going to go Kevin Backstrom on that one for sure. Uh, And Steel, Keegan Keegan Vileka. Nobody does it like he does. Dude, I love how well thought out your answers are. This is great. Okay, best method. Hmm. Well, currently, this presently, I'm going to go with Ben Ferguson just because it's like a powerful method and he really pokes it out, back leg. Um, I'm not a person whether grab between the bindings, grab in front of the binding, I don't care. But just get yourself, get your body in that motion where you're really cranking it in front of you. I think Ben does a good job of that. Um, yeah, and then a timeless method, Jamie Lynn, for sure. The forever method, Jamie Lynn. But mm-hmm. currently right now, Ben Ferg is powerhouse. Favorite snowboard video ever made? Um, ever made? Mm. 
Favorite snowboard video is probably a cleaner question. Well, is this like like pertaining to me and like where I was watching like like what snowboarding like resembles with me the most or like I just think it's to you like I don't think it's like, like the greatest one ever made. I think production wise and trick and like is that's it that's all just because of what what that did for snowboard videos. But like my favorite video is that, is that your favorite snowboard video? Favorite snowboard. I'm, I'm asking you your favorite snowboard video, not the best video ever made. What hits your heart? Like, every, yeah, what like, hits your what, heart? You know, just like made you just like in love. Well, at that time, when I graduated college, I moved out to Tahoe. And for that season, I was a lifty at Heavenly. And Stepchild did a rail jam at the Mont Blue Casino. And they gave out uh, child support videos. I don't know if you guys ever saw child support. Great video. But Joe that Sexton, vid- back yeah. three tail press. Yes. And his opener. And like yep. that whole like Dire Straits intro and like. I, I could still watch that video today and get ramped up on snowboarding. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'll say child support. Like, oh. child support, like, gets me hyped. And it still gets me hyped. And it, it brings me back to that year, 2007, where I was living out there. And I was, like, so stoked to be in the scene of snowboarding and being in Tahoe. Um, I watched that video on repeat. DVD on repeat, you know. Hmm. Um, yeah, child support. For right. Sure. All right, J-B-H-Y-D. Best or actually favorite board graphic ever. Favorite board graphic is um, it's a Mike Ranquette, Mark Gonzalez um, collab. Uh, Mark Gonzalez did the artwork on it. It's a Lamar board. It's crazy because it was my brother's, and it was like his prized possession. Every house he ever owned, if it did have a mantle, that board was on the mantle. Wow. Um, it's really cool. It looks like this. Like the, it's the top sheet that's really the graphic, and it looks like these like Spanish style villas, and it's got all this really cool color in it. And uh, it's 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 actually an art piece that Mark <coughs> did that they transferred onto a top sheet. Um, and it's crazy, like that board, like had baseless bindings. I don't know if you remember that. Like, they, mm-hmm. I remember my brother when he had that board. He was always pissed because like the baseless bindings would always break. So ultimately, it just became a wall hanger, and I still have that board to this day. So, yep, Mark Legend Gonzalez, there. Mark Gonzalez, Mike Ranquet collab, huge. Are right, you go pants over the high back or under the high back? I'm going no pants, bro, all day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, yeah, under the high back. Flaunt the high backs, dude. Let's go. All right, you go heliboarding three people. Kind of hypothetical. It can be celebrities, whoever you want, friends. Live or dead. Live or dead. Just, who you throwing in that heli with you? I'm going to go with uh, well, both my brothers, Mike and Mike and Bob. Rest in peace, my brother Bob. But Mike's around, and he has, loves Pal, so I'm sure he'll be blown away. And then also, during that time, whatever the f- current standing president is. Hmm. Because okay. if you go snowboarding with the president, dude, you're famous. You're made for life. <laughs> you don't got to worry about anything else. You know, you're the, you're the guy that went snowboarding with the president. So. That's so, a yeah. great answer. Yeah. Still my favorites, Young Dolly uh, taking Mike Tyson. Yeah, that's okay. a good one. Okay. Uh, I'd like to see that, actually. Be- Beaver Slap. You, are you a fan? Where do you, where do you stand with that? You use it? You an advocate? Dude, slap the beef, dude. Slap the slap beef. Slap it. Like, it. The, but just don't be aggressive. You okay. know? It's like honking your horn. Everyone has to honk their horn. You have to beaver slap. You have to get snow off the top sheet of your board. But just don't lay on the horn, you mm. know? And it's kind of like the beaver. It's like, dude, if you're going to slap, slap. But, like, either don't do it in the lift line or do it before you get online. But, like, yeah, I'll slap on, you know? <laughs> All right, worst trend. What do you got? Last question. Worst trend. Mm, tricky. I know I want to say, like, trolling and negativity, and cause, but so many people have said that. Trolling's whack, for sure. But bad trend, wear a helmet that fits. You know? Like, don't, what's up with the kids that, like, have the helmets, like, rolling around on their head and, like, <laughs> over their eyes when they land a trick? It's like, 
if you're gonna wear a helmet, I'm not gonna preach helmets. You know, like wear one or don't. I don't care. But if you're gonna wear one, make sure it fits. Right. That's all. <laughs> pet peeve. Sure. I, I like that. Yeah, just wear it because you know it's like it's, it's working choice. against you at this point. Like yeah. just put it on. Make sure it's snug. It protects your head. And uh, it's better than it landing on your eyes and blinding you when you try to land a trick. So. It, it may actually cause a concussion right, at that point. Right. Oh, yeah. now you're from the East Coast. You know, us East Coasters, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in just I'm using the horn quite a bit. Just kind of let them know I'm here. Uh, you know, light's green in front of me. Somebody's not going, I'm hitting the horn. Yeah. You know? And it's not like, fuck you. It's like, hey, wake the fuck up. It's green. You know, yeah. it's not, I'm not. And, and that can be a personal attack for people who have ego fragility naturally. But uh, move. I digress. What's your take with the horn? What's your relationship with the horn? You know, different times call for different things, you know, sometimes. <laughs> dude, just when I was leaving Salt Lake, the bus driver, I've never heard anyone lay on a horn for so long. It was a <laughs> solid 30-second wow. horn. And I was like, dude, what is going on? I'm looking around. I'm like, it can't be that bad. Like, <laughs> like I could keep going, but I'm running out of breath. Like, dude, you know, give a little toot-toot. You know, you know a lot. Yeah. Everyone gonna get the stoplights nice. on their phone now. It's like yep. the second they get a second to stop, they're like, okay. Oh, so you know that's what's going on in front of you. So yeah, you know, use the horn when it needs to be used, for sure. Don't get aggressive though. Chill with the horn because in New York, somebody <laughs> might somebody might put it in park, get out of the car, and be like, all right, now what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what happens if you lay on the horn too much. You know, you yeah, might there's you a might, language. You to might the run horn. into a wise guy. Yeah, so. For those listening, we just put a roulette wheel in front of uh, Joey B. How you doing? J-B-H-Y-D. <laughs> J-B-H-Y-D. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, and so what's happening here is he's going to spin this roulette wheel um, for our friends at Pub Beer. And whatever it lands on, he gets uh, basically to either take beer or add it to the tally. So far, nobody's added to the tally. The idea from the <laughs> people at Pub Beer was like, oh, they can take a beer or add it to the tally, and then it'll be like a 1,000 beers. But basically, people just take the beer now. So, um, yeah, give that thing a spin. Just over here? Yeah, well, first, take the the ball out that's yep. in it. Okay. Now spin it. Now drop the ball in. Now it's time to spin to win for some cheap fun beer presented by Pub Beer. No matter what you're doing, crack open a Pub Beer for cheap fun. What do we land on? We are on. That's no, that's six. That's a six pack. Ooh, six pack. So you've won a six pack. You need to take that beer for yourself or contribute to the pot. When the pot hits one thousand beers, we're going to give away one thousand pub beers to a listener via Instagram. What What do you want to do? I'm going to give it to the pot. Wow! Nice. First person six pack. I, yeah, I can't fly home with six beers. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. Dude. All right, we got six beers. Yeah, I want to contribute to the cause, dude. I want that person to get a thousand beers showing up their house. That's like a legend. That's what we want. That's too. a dream come true. Yeah. That's what we want. So we got six on there. Yeah. All right. Sign it up, dude. Let's go. Perfect. All right. That's exciting. Thanks for doing that. No uh, problem. I was kind of thinking the whole time like we were never going to even get a pot. I was like this whole plan. So is this in place of the crapshoot? Yeah, it's in place of the crapshoot. Okay. We maybe got to get like a a vertical angle so people can see what's happening on it, but. Anyway, we're a junk show. That's kind of how we do it. Skycam. Shooting from the hip, dude. That's what's, uh, you know, that's how it goes. Our motto is the plan is there is no plan. That's right. That's how we run it. Where do you want to go from here, boys? Uh, I think there's some unspoken possible animosity in the room. You're both wearing 
you know, Bruins, Rangers. We didn't really get into like too much of who do you think's the better team next they year. We didn't. Bobby Orr tattooed on my stomach right there. <sighs> that Bobby Orr number, looks like uh, no, number four. He shoots, he scores. Yeah, looks like okay. How how old is that tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> It's a vintage photo. Who's yeah. got the better team? It's probably really who has the better team? Uh, the big obviously bad the Rangers. Obviously, obviously the Rangers. Obviously, I mean, no, the Rangers are obviously better, okay, dude. Stop, Look stop, at us, guys. we're a young, healthy yes. team. I got a way to settle dominant. this. I Can't teach it, old dog new tricks. I think it's time to bring back. We bring a pr- a physical presence on the ice. Okay, continue. Sorry. Anyway, so I think there's one way to settle this. Okay, and that's outside. What are we talking? Old-fashioned foot race. Wow. Uh, well, I'm an athlete that is in elite physical condition. Well, I want you to both. I'm adding an element. I want you to both chug a, a pint of olive oil. Jesus, do we, we do yeah, we have that? I no, did that before our game here, so I'm lubed up and ready to go. <laughs> we don't <laughs> have so far. You're both lucky. We don't. I've whacked about anymore. forty smelling salts, drank a pint of olive oil, and about thirteen coffees. So you could call me. Uh, Maybe we just bring out a thick sliver of the Parmesan. We really? give it. We give it only to Joe and see if it's special powers. Okay, I like it. We'll do it. We'll do a forty yard dash. Uh, and we'll come back I in mean here. Jake. And then, what's that? Nothing. <laughs> I, I, I just used the name Joey. <laughs> it's just a thing. It's how you done. It's HYD. It's doing? HYD. Uh, you know, a little sidebar. One time I raced uh, Dan Breezy in a foot race, and he literally ran like for about 15, 20 minutes. He goes, I can't, I can't sprint right now. I need to warm up. And he took off, and he was gone for 15 minutes. He had to do like a 15-minute warm-up jog before we did this. I'm not going to do that, but I just thought it was yeah, interesting. Dan needs olive oil. we got to get that man some olive oil because he wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Spadero, also, his dad has been, uh, told him that he's uh, an explosive athlete. Uh, it's wow. true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so should we put? Let's get him in too. Let's do a three way. If you guys want to get embarrassed, I mean, toss me all in right. there. You know, I mean, you need the Flyers jersey, but it's all yeah. right. We get it. Yeah, we get right. the, we'll uh, pretend it's on there. <laughs> all right, let's Photoshop do, it let's on do a after. Race and we'll come back in. We'll let you know what happens. And whoever wins is going to win the season. <laughs> all right, how you doing? Yo, you I, I don't. You're about to look at the champ. The next champ, right here. Yeah, at least we got equal. We got See this guy, he's stretching over here, but that ain't gonna happen. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna eat this five-year piece of Parmesan right here. It's gonna bring me right to my natural abilities. I'm gonna sprint like a, like a rocket ship. Look at I'm faster than I thought I was, I'll tell you that. Dude, you turn on the afterburners. I thought I was going to cook you. And I, I tried to kick on my afterburners. And next thing I know, you're right there. The hey. turbo. Yeah, I hit the turbo sometimes. Yeah. What, what happened, Mike? Who, who do you think won? Well, you want me to be honest? Yeah, you're third party. It wasn't you, Chris. I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> See, but there's no definitive winner in that one. Because I think my hand crossed first. Here's the thing. I, is I was also on the starting gate, and, and you jumped. You jumped a little bit. We're going to have to go back to the video footage. Uh, he also stretched. I ate the five years, so that just goes That's to show true. that you could stretch all you want, but if you have a little five-year bomb, you're good to go. <laughs> Stiff and pissed and eat the parm. <laughs> That's it, dude. I don't, I don't know if you guys race motocross. It's all about a good start. So you, you want, as soon as you that, had a really good start. You, you want to rip a whole shot. It, I, I understand the, the, the premise of getting a I good start. I think in this case, they, they have the bar. Yes. We needed the bar for you. Yes. I, 
you know, I, I don't know what your cadence is on your mark, get set, go. I was just kind of going on your mark, get set, and I. It just, was more like on your mark, get set, <laughs> and he's chasing you down in the fucking parking lot. <laughs> oh, I went a little fast there. I was like, oh, okay. Oh. So, this kid's got wheels. The kid's he got wheels. He didn't complain. He fucking just chased you yeah, down. I'll, you know what? You know, who really well, won. Fuck this. I'm not gonna really accept that Joey won, but I will say that <laughs> Phil won. Phil won. Phil definitely sure. won. But you know what, Chris? I've been running from cops my whole life, so it just goes to show. Like, I mean, the training is there. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I mean, we do have a photo finish. It's gonna be close. We it's put really on Instagram. People can vote on yeah. it. If you would have put a fence at the end of that line, I would have jumped that too. Yeah. I'm fast as that. Run, run from cops and jump fences is like my childhood. If you would have had a wall that's built of sheet rocket, we would have ran directly through it. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll For let sure. the viewers decide. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Chime in. Let us know. Mm-hmm. I got a good start though. I'm proud of myself for my whole shot. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, my, my dose of exercise for the week. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we did. Uh, we did. Hot takes, yeah, we did everything. We're pretty much rounding the end here, so we always ask setups. What, what board are you riding? How you set it up? Uh, well, obviously, Parmesan, olive oil on the base, always. Yeah. I'm um, riding the public display, Daryl Mathis Pro Model. Dope. Amazing board. Love those boards, actually. Um, 153. Got the Union Stratas on there. Nice Italian binding. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta roll with the Italian. Shout out, Mark. When it comes to the bindings, stick with the, stick with Italian. They'll always have you back. Designed by the Italians. Yeah, Martino yeah, Fumagalli. That's it. Yeah, Elio would ride something like that. Um, yeah, like yeah. Public display, one fifty three, and the Union Stratus. Okay, what do you set up? You uh, obviously Parmesan edges leave them. Yeah, I like to r- you rub Parmesan on them. And, you know, you don't. I don't really tune or detune. I just uh, kind of prepare. Would say. <laughs> just buff it out, you know, prep the edges a little bit. Yeah, no, this one's right out of the package, ready to go. What about, That's what's good about public snowboards is that they come ready to go right out of the package. Mm. What other, so you got a bunch of stickers on there. Who supports you? We got Dang Shades. Shout out to Beresford. He's, uh, he actually the first person to ever hook me up. Um, never ever hit me up and say, yo, I want to send you some shit. So shout out to him. Um, Dang Shades, Rad Gloves, Black Strap. Um, shout out to Tim Karpinski at Black Strap. Shout out to Jeremy at Rad Gloves. Um, who else we got? We got um, Ice Coast Kill Shit, Callahan. Bowers. Um, Bowers Brew. Yeah, got the company. Got myself sponsored, you know, got the coffee sponsored. Uh, Override, um, Volt Fuse, Alex up there in Newfoundland, the amazing head, head company, headwear company up there. Um, yeah, Gyro Helmets, keep the dome protected. Nice. Love it. Uh, what's next for. Uh JBHYD, how you doing? JBHYD is going to go back to the Hamptons and start working and uh, work his ass off and get ready to do it again next season. Ready to roll. Whatever comes my way. Never say no. All right, Joey, before we wrap this thing up, any uh, speak now or forever hold your peace? Well, I mean, I love this podcast. I love what you guys are doing, and I think that you deserve to be awarded for it. So um, I got you guys. Hey, uh, I got you an Emmy Award. Holy <laughs> Snowboard for the world's greatest uh, podcast, Uh, snowboarding podcast right here, the Emmy Award, Um, outstanding achievement in snowboarding. Check that one out. (laughs) Nice. Oh my god, outstanding achievement in, and then it's a white marker with black marker on it that says snowboarding. Yeah, (laughs) unbelievable. It it did say fatherhood, but we cut that off. It did say fatherhood, <laughs> but we put snowboarding there because uh, what you guys are doing is important for snowboarding in the culture. So congrats to you guys. Wow. Well-deserved. Thank you so much for that gift, Joey B. We really appreciate you. Holy shit. 
No problem. Joey, Joey. Joey. Thank you guys. Oh, we got cheers on here too. Wow. I don't. I don't. I don't. I We gotta get you. We gotta get you a soundbite for that. Um, I think we might have one of these. Oh, he's good. But we might need a "How you doing?" on there. Yeah, too. Let's go. Yeah, HYD. Well, Joey. Thank you so much for everything you do for the snowboard community and just the fucking right part of the fabric of what we do and have fun and love it and do it because you love it and uh, inspire others. So we really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story. I had a good time. Did you guys have a good time on here? Amazing. I had a blast. Joey. Awesome. It's like a banter journey, if you will. Uh, And before we wrap this thing up, you want to throw some thank yous out? Uh, Yeah. Um, Thank you to my friends, my family, uh, my girlfriend, Grace, having my back always. Um, Ice Coast Kill Shit, Callahan, um, all the sponsors, anybody who ever believed in me and uh, put me in the right place at the right time. Uh, you as well. Get me on the Bomb Hole Cup and uh, get me on the mic and uh, give me a chance. And, uh, yeah, snowboarding and everybody who does snowboard and uh, believes in the culture and um, does it for the love because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So thank you guys. Beautiful. Well, we appreciate you, Joey B. Thanks so much for coming to the show, sharing your story. Thank you guys for kicking ass on air today. And uh, we got... All the sponsors, all the Patreon members, everybody that supports the show, thank you guys so much. Uh, and uh, we got another podcast coming at you next Wednesday. Later. How you doing? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Bye. How you doing? Bye. How you doing? Bye. Hey, Dad. Hurr-